podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Need better organisational skills. Because you've got powerful legs, how do you get the physique? Was it gym or how do you get the physique? Um, I've always been that. She's actually not got powerful legs. Do you shower in your dressing room? Do you have a shower on the day of a fight or not? Tell us about the tattoos. Shut the fuck up, oh, you yeah. little prick. But then I've got the phoenix. Hey, prick. So I'll take it from Bob every day of the week. An absolute disgrace. That's your no one mind. Move him out of here, Darren. Ricky had to go over for his fighter because he risked getting abducted and sold into sexual. I never said that. <laughs> Both have been rape victims. I'm not watching Frank Buglioni live on Saturday night. Get out of your mind. Jesus Christ, get yourself a life. He's actually a uh, priest. Yeah, yeah. It's because his brother John Fury eye gouged him. What have I told you all this time? He's going to end up sucked out, fucked out, looking for a handout. Boxing, um, Natters, Messenger Group. Oh, they're going to, oh, I'm going to be the king. Jay Pump, you know what I'm saying? Well, hello everybody and welcome to the 532nd edition of the Boxing Asylum Nutters podcast. I'm your host Steve Wellings and joining us on the call we have Andy Patterson and Matty DiGiallonardo going live on YouTube from 8 o'clock every Sunday evening. The Patreon RSS feed updates shortly after the show concludes Hello to everybody listening through the week on SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or YouTube. Don't forget to leave a review on the podcast player of your choice. Throughout the entire month of July, nothing less than five stars is acceptable. What better weekend to leave five stars? The next weekend, Spence Crawford. We've got Inoue against Fulton as well coming up during the week. This is a five-star week of boxing. If ever I saw one, the boys are absolutely buzzing there. Let's get stuck into the action from the weekend. Get that out of the way, so to speak. No disrespect to the people fighting, but it's all about next week for me. George Cambosos Jr. is in action. Last night in the Fire Lake Arena, Shawnee, Oklahoma, a majority decision win over Maxi Hughes, scores of 115-113, 114-114, and a quite mind-boggling 117-111 for Joseph Mason. I don't know, Matty. I hear a lot about bad scorecards in this sport, and generally I don't get worked up about these kind of things too often. Now, I admit maybe it's because we've interviewed Maxi Hughes in the past. Maybe it's because we've seen him suffer defeats and repeatedly come back from them. I've seen him boxing in front of 200 people in a Belfast hotel below British title level to get where he is today, to get where he was last night. Perhaps all of that emotion of the journey is clouding my judgment here. But last night's decision and the depraved nature of one of those score totals in particular could make someone maybe question the whole business of boxing. Uh, yeah, at, at least uh, Maxie Hughes is at the end of the day there, Steve. It was... Uh... 
a very abhorrent decision. And uh, here, uh, you know, uh, I think myself and maybe it was Rob are, uh, you know, having to eat some crow on this one because we said, uh, oh, you know, at least it's at a neutral venue and we know the judging will be fair. <laughs> and um, yeah, that didn't exactly go out as we uh, had uh, believed it would. The uh, it was really unfortunate, and I, uh, you know, I myself in our prediction league, Steve, I had Cambosis on points. Me too. Yeah. So yeah, well, what are you going to do about that? Gotten, I've been hosed. Take those many, points, baby, I, Maxi. Yeah, Thank yeah, you. yeah. I've been hosed many times, so <laughs> I'm just going to run with it. man. <laughs> but I, I, I scored the fight myself, one fifteen to one thirteen for Hughes. Um, I, I thought the, you could really only say that Cambosis won. I think it was rounds four, seven and 12 clearly um there was some some swingy rounds in there for sure but i you could at least say that hughes might have had an argument that he won eight or nine rounds of that fight uh but then one of the judges coming across with 117 to 111 was absurd i i don't think a draw was out of the bounds because if you look at the stats and yeah i i take uh, copy box stats with a grain of salt especially landed punches but cambosis was working more in most of the rounds um the difference in their total landed punches was uh could be made up in in, in hughes uh big fifth round uh Cambosis outlanded uh, Hughes in, in five of the rounds. Of course, quality of shots, notwithstanding, etc. So it's not insane to think that maybe it was a draw or in, in a really bad pinch that Cambosis nicked a close decision. But 117-111 is absolutely insane, Stephen. And, and if you have a chance to look at those scorecards, uh, just some there's some odd things that stand out if you were kind of tracking round for round uh, that, that just uh, that didn't make any sense. So um, I, I don't know what to do about it. Bradley was was pretty perturbed. And there is really no uh, record, you know, recourse for fighters when it comes to uh, things like this. So, you know, Maxi travels thousands of miles over here, puts on his cowboy hat, you know, and puts on a uh, really what was probably a career best performance for him, um, doing good work. I think he might have uh, buzzed Cambosis uh, to the body end of the head at uh, different points. Uh, With the elbow. Uh, yeah, well, you got to <laughs> mention the elbow. But uh, it was, um, yeah, he, uh, he he put in a really good performance. I thought that he he deserved to 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 get a close decision, and uh, it went the opposite direction and in a in a in a manner that is just unbelievable. So, um, boxing uh, just showing its uh, its cruel face again. And uh, I don't know. We'll see what happens with these fights coming up this week. Hopefully, uh, boxing doesn't piss on its own foot. Matty, one interestingly irrelevant thing I noticed from last night was um, on BoxRec, it says the doctors were David Lovelace and Larry Lovelace. Not that I want to cast aspersions on the Lovelace brothers, but that sounds like a a, a medical uh, disaster waiting to happen, doesn't it, there? Well, yeah, you got to think Linda Lovelace, uh, and she was in the uh, the pornography movie Deep Throat. Um, so, so it makes you wonder who is sucking off who, Steve, doesn't it? Uh, it all starts to fit together. Absolutely. Shout out to Linda Lovelace, getting a shout out on the podcast. Hit the like if you're a fan of Linda, if you even remember, maybe not. Uh, back to the boxing, Andy, very quickly. If you're talking about scoring criteria, aggression is obviously taken into account, but it's supposed to be effective aggression. 
I'm not sure how much of George Cambosos' aggression was actually effective. I mean, the sport's called boxing for a reason. Hughes, from what I saw, was stepping off, countering, landing clean punches to the head and to the body, as Matty said. Cambosos had his moments, there's no doubt about that. But you're talking about awarding him on one judge's card, nine three-minute rounds. He did the better work than his opponent for 27 minutes of the fight, <laughs> according to Joseph Mason. Oh, mate, it's, it's pathetic. It's, it's again... It's just a regular occurrence these days. You know, in terms of scoring the fight, I, I, I thought Maxi won the fight. <clears throat> Although I was seeing kind of you know, well scorecards, I mean, I, I, I'm seeing no many cards given to Camposas anyway. Put it that way, but they've been shitting on Maxi for his, you know, his style of boxing. But that's how he fights. You know, anybody who watched that for the first time would, would, would say it's shit. But that's what, that's how Maxi you know goes about his business. And I thought it was he done he done, done the job with. Um, Whenever he kind of stepped into his, into his shots, that he would try to fake it, and then he'd be stepped back. By that time, Camposis is throwing his shots, he's throwing short. Then uh, Maxi's then catching him on the on the counter. It was um, it's odd. Just come back to the scorecards. So as I said, I'm seeing cards from as far as ten two to Maxi to a draw. So, but no, no, no many people were giving it to, to Camposis. I thought who was simply manoeuvring about the about the ring that entire first half of the fight, first five rounds. Maneuvering about the ring, no really doing anything. His jab was nothing. Um, it says he had issues with, with Max's counter punching style. Um, I think it was about the, f- I think it was at the end of the fourth, I think it was. I think his corner was even roasting his ass a little bit, but no really doing anything. And he's come out in round six, I think it was probably one of Cambosis' better rounds. But he, he just looked lost throughout the fight. You know, I just think he was either thinking about it too much or he just, you know, his, his feet was, his, his feet was poor, feet work was poor, sorry. Um, and he's, he's probably more a kind of counter-puncher himself by nature um, and he's he's just getting befuddled with the movement and he's just absolutely confused and obviously with, with Hughes being a, um, a southpaw probably causing problems as well that's what's caused the, the cut across Max's uh, left eye I think it was so look I've seen Cambosis a, a number of times now and I have never I've still yet to be impressed with him okay he, he backed it up against Lopez but if Lopez would just get his shit together, I would back him favourably in a rematch. Um, the Lopez fight, Andy, now uh, seems to be... Kriegel asked the question before. We've asked the question on the podcast last week, for example. Was it an anomaly? It seems like well, the evidence is starting to, to show clearly. Yes, it was. Yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, he's, he's, got, he's got the Lee Selby win on his record. But, you know, at that point, Selby's done it the way... Yeah, or he's or he's shot by that point. Sorry, by the time he's coming up, and as I say, is what what was Lopez's situation coming into that fight? Was he unmotivated? Was it personal issues? Look what he can do when he's fucking totally switched on. And you're talking about Stevens and uh, uh, fighting him next, or at least that's the talk with ESPN. That's just pump the brakes. I think even his dad. I don't know if anybody caught the the conversation between Stevens. Yeah, it was and, interesting uh, that, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, take your 25%, kid, take your 25%. He kept so... telling him to fight Heine. It wasn't like, we'll fight Yeah, It was like, go fight uh, Heine, go fight Heine. Like, don't fight 20, us. <laughs> take 25%. I think, hey, look, the dad knows. The dad knows. He knows there's a couple more paydays to get made here, by He's got yourself back in the short window. He doesn't need to be taking any risks at this point right now. And Stevenson would baptise him so bad, man, into retirement. It, it, it doesn't even bear thinking He'd about it. He'd stop him, wouldn't he, Steve? Oh, mate, it would, it would be. It would be brutal to watch. It really would be. So, as you say, it's starting to now kind of like point to anomaly. It was, was it a fluke that night of beating Lopez? He's shown nothing to me in the last three fights that makes him anything special or even warranting a world title fight. Maxi Hughes, his team should be campaigning with IBF or the IBO, but get the rematch. Uh, and get them 
you know, getting that Mantry shot, you know, just cordoned off, just to let him get a rematch in there because it was complete shit. I see somebody in the chat there saying about, about Mickey Duff, and that was probably a fair comment, you know, maybe weak management, though, by getting the, you know, one of your own judges in the, uh, you know, ringside and that, but look. Last night you're talking about? Aye, aye. Max, he's got out. no pull, though, has he, whatsoever? I know. Well, I know, but... You try your best, but you just, you just mm. don't know about, about these talks now. But in the day, he's took his title over there, and he's got he's got hosed. You know, he's got absolutely hosed. Well, so, if I'm correct, I think that was for the number two slot with the for the IBF. IBF, yeah. And so that yeah. puts him in the uh, in the the running to fight uh, Gustavo Daniel Lemos, um, who also has a a victory over. Uh, Lee Selby stopping him last year um, and now being out of the ring for close to 18 months at this point in time. But um, that's a fight, you know, uh, Lemos is still, you know, Selby's is the only standout on his uh, resume at this point in time. So Cambosis isn't necessarily dead in that fight. And if he somehow picks up that belt, he's back in the market for a big payday. So I think they'll be trying to sidestep Shakur, et cetera, et cetera, if they can arrange this Lemos fight and see if they can't pick it off from the generally untested Argentine fighter. Good shout, Andy, there for Matty. I'd forgotten about that fella. Do you remember he knocked out Selby and there was kind of grainy footage going around at the time? Who was Argy's name again, mate? Lemos or something, Matty? I'd forgotten all about him. Gustavo Daniel Lemos. Yeah. Selby's last fight in uh, March 2022. Do you remember? Yeah, in Argentina. He he beat the shit out of him, actually, if I can recall. He hasn't fought since then, actually. No, no. Grossly inactive. Like Matty said, 16 odd months at this stage. Crazy. So it's about right for these days, but yeah, I don't know. Um, As for last night, uh, Matty, you mentioned Tim Bradley. Obviously, he was questioning afterwards whether the judges are qualified to make these life changing calls. And I mean, I'm talking about the wide card. We're all speaking about the wide card, but none of the three judges gave Hughes the fight. He didn't win the fight on any of the three cards, even though Kriegel had it wide. Bradley seemed to think he'd win. I mean, how can we have such a wide disparity of opinions and viewpoints? Maybe we're being swayed by ESPN. I don't know. I've um, I've cut, by the way, Matty, before you jump in there, uh, Bradley's rant in case anybody hasn't heard it. Let me just play it now. It'll only last for about a minute or so. But I'm just saying, some, some, these judges need to be accountable for this. Something needs to happen. They need to get suspended. They need to get fined. Like, we need to find out why did he judge the fight that way? Well, you know? I think part of it is... That's it, what I'm saying. There's no protection for the fighter. It would be great if we could talk to the judges immediately after the fight, mm-hmm. but they're all protected. Well, the, we have no access to them. The commission will not allow right. that because at the, in the end, at the end of the day, these guys have to talk to me no matter what hell they've been through. And the guys who put it put them through it because they don't judge what's being what's happening in the ring have no accountability they walk out of here go have dinner do whatever they're going to do go home to their families yes and they have nothing to they don't have the tears in their eyes he right. does, he doesn't have to go back to his family with his kids, kids. without that belt that he promised i mean it, it's just unjust to keep seeing this and that's why she- but i'm just saying some somebody the east Oh, sorry, yeah, I by the way, Brad- Bradley's got some fucking nerve by it. We complain about fucking judges after what happened with him and Pacquiao. Fuck <laughs> off. <laughs> We're not retracing this again. I, we are. Come on, now. Steve, how long did you want to put into uh, going over these fights? Do we have time to go over Pacquiao, Bradley, well, and the scoring? Uh, no, no, we don't have time to go okay. over that. So, uh, close the loop, uh, literally and metaphorically, on last night. We're going to the undercard, Matty. If you have anything final to say on the headliner. 
it's just ridiculous on what's going on. And the little idea that popped in my head, I think, because the TV cameras, obviously, I mean, they get to pick their angles and stuff like that. I think it might be time to outfit judges with a camera, keeping that footage. And in situations like this, they need to go in front of the commissioner, whoever it might be, and they can explain from their vantage point why they scored a fight a particular way. Mm-hmm. People have spoken in the past about having certain fighters doing it, but you'll have the same issue with like football, the way they don't have uh, uh, former pros refereeing because they say that there's like inbuilt biases and they've maybe, I don't know, fought the guy who's judging and then you've got to kind of, you know, well, move it, move them around the world and stuff on expenses. Sorry, go ahead. Yeah, well, now, let me also just go back to Cambosis did out-throw Hughes in pretty much every round. And in a place like Oklahoma, you think about the culture there, Steve. I mean, I know you haven't been, probably been to Oklahoma, but it's in the West. It's just north of Texas. Mm-hmm. It's it's raw. It's rugged. So the guy that's going forward and throwing more punches is probably a fighter who is more akin to the culture of where that commission is located. I think that yeah. might be worth pointing out. No, that's a fair comment. That is a fair comment. Uh, also a fair comment from Mark Stanton, who says, wait until Ludi Bella gets Sean O'Hagan's room service bill. <laughs> <laughs> which is a bit of a brutal mente comment there. Uh, Andy, onto the undercard. Uh, I know you saw Keyshawn against Patera. Someone was talking to me during the week, as many people tend to do. I think it might have been Declan Graffin, a.k.a. Declan Graffin, uh, was on about Patera being kind of an under-the-radar opponent. I don't think he was suggesting for a second that he was going to win the fight, but you know he was unbeaten in six years, former European champion, decent to a level. Uh, yeah. I think he, he kept he, he, the pace was good. Again, if it was a 12-rounder, he might have had a little bit more success. I think this was a decent step up for Davis, considering it was only his ninth fight. It was a, a, a nice move from top rank. Yeah, I mean, you know, as you say, Patera's you know, decent at a certain level. And we've all said it before, no, everybody can be world-class or world champions, but you need to have a development fights. And to be fair, I thought it was it certainly was a development type of fight. I mean, he had um, you know, he had his moments in the 10 rounds, I suppose, as you mentioned. Right? If it was a 12-rounder, it might have been a bit different. Um was it the eighth or the ninth? I think he he, he dropped Patera. Eighth. I think it was. Ah, it was it the eighth? And I thought he landed quite a quite a lot of power punches and that. So again, it was it was impressive to a point. I would like to have seen him get the stoppage. I think that maybe they kind of cemented that a wee bit, especially with Patera's background of being you know decent and durable to a point. But um, got to be honest, there was moments during the fight it was a wee bit kind of boring and repetitive. To be fair, and that and look, some of the skills and defensive stuff and that was was it was quite good. I don't know. I don't know if I, if, I, if I missed it or if I maybe missed calling it, whatever. But did anybody think he maybe got hurt a wee bit with a body shot in the ninth round, possibly? Mm, Keyshawn, that is. Not sure. I can't remember that, Andy. To be honest. Yeah. Uh, so I'll just maybe maybe keep a wee eye on it in the future for you know his reaction to body shots, possibly. But uh, yeah, as I says, it was it was okay. It had his moments, but it was a wee bit boring and a wee bit kind of how can I put it overly cautious. But I suppose is probably the word I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. Uh, Matty, uh, your opinion on that one I know Giovanni Santian was on the undercard as well against Eric Bone, I didn't actually see that one I'm not sure if they even tele- uh, te- televised it apart from that some decent performances, uh, Troy Isley getting a win over Antonio Todd uh, Todd's a bit of a survivor, I saw him fighting against Joseph Hicks in one of the zone cards recently he- he's a decent enough guy a shock loss for Stephen Shaw as well I don't know whether he should carry on fighting or not his heart doesn't seem to be in it, he looks older than Glenn Johnson's dad as well, I'm not, I'm not sure <laughs> Not sure officially how old Shaw is like, but he should maybe think about packing it in. Hemi Ahio looks exciting. David Tua kind of fighter winning against the big behemoth. 300 pounds. Amron Sands from the Bahamas. 
and then Jeremiah Milton. He got shit all over by Tim Bradley. Uh, beat Willie Harvey, aka Lump Lump, on the undercard. That's quite the box trek photo as well. I'll put that up for the for the fans while you're uh, talking away there, Matty. Yeah, I didn't catch the I didn't catch the Aheo fight. Unfortunately, I wanted to wait for something or other at that time. But uh, as far as the Davis fight goes, we'll start at the top. I think what's impressive about the, what he's done the last couple fights. Um, I mean, he's 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 basically won by shutout against two guys who have uh, been uh, fought at a pretty good level. Obviously, Burgos has fought his world title level before. Uh, Patera is that you know definitely he's probably the definition of you know high caliber European level fighter. Neither of these fighters had been uh, stopped prior to Davis fighter of them. Patera had never touched the canvas before Patera, uh, before uh, Davis had fought him. And although both went the distance, um, you know, I feel like he hurt both the times he put Patera down. Yeah, he might not be a puncher like a Tank Davis, but he does have some pop. And I, I think these uh, he's moving up the ladder very well of uh, kind of looking at the, the way they're moving their stable. I think uh, top rank is doing the best job with Keyshawn Davis right now because the, the rungs are, are kind of very clear on on what they're doing uh, right now. Uh, the Giovanni Santion, uh, Eric Bonet fight was very good. Uh, it could have gone either way. I think Bonet is a bit tougher than you might uh, assume from his resume. Most of his losses coming against quality opposition. Uh, Santion before the fight was kind of discussing how he's just kind of shut out of the title picture because this, that, and the other thing. And I think he might be out of the title picture just because he's not that good either. Uh, he, uh, in this, uh, you know, welterweight division where the killers, uh, usually exist regardless of the era. I don't think the Santion, um, has what it takes to pick off a title except maybe in some odd scenario. So, uh, but that was a good fight, an entertaining fight where both guys, uh, had their moments, uh, Jeremiah Milton, uh, he, I don't think he's going to be the goods at heavyweight. I respect him. I dig him. Kindred spirit, brother, man, with, uh, you know, the bullying thing. Uh, I, uh, I get it. Uh, but he Bradley uh, bully him afterwards. I felt <laughs> he's just well, not that good. <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah. It doesn't suck. Like now you're like you're 30 years old and adult and you got this little bald 150 pound guy bullying you. It's 150 like, pound guy in my ass. Man. Oh, he's put on some weight. I'm sure. Yeah. He's probably 170 <laughs> now. He's a fucking boulder sitting there, man. I haven't seen him standing for a while, so I'm sorry. I just all I just see is his bald head yeah, behind the. Krieger uh, was something rotten last yeah. night. Yeah, Krieger was ready to throw hands. Yeah, yeah, that was pretty funny. That was. Pr- I think Bradley might think with all the changes at ESPN that he might be out of a job or he has to take on some sort of a different personality or something. I don't know, but we'll see what happens over there at this point. I will say um, a, a brief detour, Stephen. I don't know if you guys agree with me. I think that this card was the. Uh, the least company man that Bradley has sounded in his tenure with the, uh, with ESPN, at least off the top of my head. Um, Possibly, but I always look at the people that they're going after. That's, you know, Macklin used to be like that on Sky. They're, they're happy to be a from company man when it suits. Like they'll shit on the likes of Cambo Sauce, you'll shit on the likes of Jeremiah Milton, but not necessarily the sort of favoured guys. Like, I thought Keyshawn did okay last night. Andy was a little bit more critical, which is understandable. But, like, Bradley wasn't shitting on Davis, who's his number one. But, you know, you know what I mean? They'll, they'll pick their targets, is what I'm saying. Oh, I thought he was, he, he, he said that he was making mistakes and things like that. Mm. I, 
I, you know, you have to, yeah, I, I, I don't know, Steve. I, I thought that he was picking out his mistakes. He, he, he was pretty good about calling out some things, you know, uh, Davis letting just the, uh, there being just empty space, not filling it, uh, just standing in front of him at, at, at times, et cetera, et cetera. I, I thought that he wasn't overly critical, but he was critiquing. So I, I don't know that, that I necessarily agree with you there. Um, but what did uh, you make of that, Matty? I'm all for new ideas, but the whole idea of him micing himself up into the ring and talking to, was it Tessator as he went in, then it sounded like it was just someone underwater. Yeah. I, I wasn't, I'm not sure that went too well, to be honest. I I don't know what would possess a man to wear their gimp suit in public, <laughs> but here we are. Um, and, they wired uh, him up and interviewed him as he was doing his ring walk, and it went okay at the beginning, but then it just got a bit awkward after a while because the connection wasn't the greatest, and then they kind of had to cut it. So, yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's a bit of a thumbs down. And also yeah. on the undercard, did you see the thing where they in the, for the whole round they didn't have any commentary? They they listened into the corners instead. I thought that worked a little bit better. I did not catch that. Or I wasn't well, that was the Ahio fight. Sorry, you didn't there see you that go. one. Yes, sorry, yes. There, there you go. go. Um, Stefan Shaw getting knocked out by that Aussie was something too, because he was just, uh, kind of stand there and taking his shots and then just one kind of mowed him over. And, uh, and that was that Shaw seems to be done now. I think he might've been hiding glass. Now we know why he wasn't firing back much against the Jogba. Um, that, uh, was pretty disappointing all in all, uh, the Troy Isley fight decent. Isley is a pretty good fighter. I don't know if he's going to quite get to championship level, uh, but, uh, you know, he, Antonio Todd, a uh, good fighter. He's, he's definitely proven to be kind of a, a, a solid test for guys as they're coming up. His level is pretty known, so he can kind of figure out, figure you out more, uh, more or less. Um, but yeah, it was a, a pretty decent car that started fairly early. I think the, all of the action in total was probably about five and a half hours of, uh, of boxing going on. So it, uh, helped to fill uh, what was otherwise a boring, uh, boring day for boxing. Absolutely. Right, let's sweep up the rest of the action from the weekend before we go on to the big ones. Uh, I didn't see the undercard to this one, Andy, and I know you didn't either over in Dubai. I didn't see the main event itself either, apart from the icing. Uh, Alfred Lamptey getting a win, Jadier Herrera, Arnold Kagai, we've seen him before, we kind of know what his level is. Jazza Dickens against Hector Andres Sosa. Didn't see what happened in the build-up to the ending, but the ending was quite something. <laughs> Yeah, mate, he's, I think it was a left hand that he took, just, just to kind of like, uh, in the follow-up to it, uh, and then he's, the guy just stepped him with an evil right hand. He's, he's got no defence, really, he just basically dropped, I mean, we're talking sleeping territory here, mate, he just he should have brought his sleeping bag when he was that, by the way, I think he was done for a, a good while as well, possibly. Um, I think a lot of were kind of saying it's an upset as well, and it really is a contender for, uh, for knockout of the year as well, to be fair, so... And another IBO title changing hands there, but at least this one was emphatic. Actually, no, like Max is getting you know getting swapped about, but uh, mm-hmm. I don't know about Dickens now, mate. What do you think? Maybe retirement post because that's been a long career now, and that's a bad that's a bad ending. Nobody's ever really done that to him before, as well. He's always been a pretty solid guy. I know he, the Rigo, they obviously had the broken jaw and all, but he's been pretty resilient, like you say. But it's a long old career, and I don't know. He might just put it down to just getting caught with that shot and have another run, but. Yeah, it's not looking great for him, Andrew. He's fighting at weights he doesn't belong at. I think that's part of the problem. The, the, the other thing as well is, with, you know, with, with, the, with the hands being done, he actually kind of like slightly turned into the shot because the shot's kind of come down at a kind of downward angle, I'm sure. And it's kind of like caught him. Th- he's just like basically stopped him and he's dead in his tracks. Just thunderbolt at a shot, man. 
because if you just look at him, the way he drops, man, he's, the whole body is just lifeless. There's, there's nothing. He's not even trying to stop himself from falling down, trying to get back up, even like, kind of like trying to scramble to get back up. None of that. Completely iced. Absolutely. It was the weekend of the IBO titles, actually, Andy, just sticking with you there. We had Jazza getting iced. We had Maxi losing his. And we had Lee McGregor as well going in for the vacant on Friday night. The, if the Harlem Eubank Ishmael Ellis fight didn't put you to sleep, it was uh, well worth staying up. I watched the main event in its entirety. Really good scrap. I've sort of slagged the Sowerlands off before. Bring back Fat Mick. But this this was Fat Mick fair, I thought. Uh, Andy, the fight between McGregor and Eric Robles Ayala. Not really two big punchers, both uh, stylistically. A little bit open defensively, but it made for a great scrap. And I think the right man won in the end. McGregor was absolutely devastated. Scraped himself off the canvas to congratulate Ayala with a touch of class at the end there. Really good scrap on a Friday night. Yeah, it was uh, it was a ferocious pace, actually, by the Mexican as well. Fair play. I mean, I, I'm losing count how many of them have come over here now, actually, and done the business. It's, it's fucking frightening. And uh, to be honest, you're kind of surprised he, he didn't even get jobbed on the cards, to be fair. But look, it was a, it was a, it was a cracking scrap, you know, give and take over a number of a number of rounds there. I think McGregor was starting to kind of you know fight from range a wee bit and shooting uppercuts up the middle. Both were kind of were, were getting some good shots in that as well. But there was times McGregor was was catching, you know, was landing. Sorry, a, a, a few eye catching punches, but. Um, and the in, in the end, though, it was uh, I, I I don't think we can complain. To be fair, I, I thought it was a fair decision. I think um, it's a it's an awful decision for McGregor in every sense because it's been a career of just floating along. He's had he's had nothing really a great success since the Farouk fight. It's been treading water since then. I don't know if he's been a victim of the the MTK fallout. I think a lot of fighters possibly have been the result of that, but. It's it's like an L like that because he's been, he's been missing for so long. Uh, taking that L, it's, it's a hard road back actually. Uh, to be fair, I, I don't know where he fits. He's gonna have to come back down in level, potentially even get a rematch with that guy if he can get it. Um, because moving forward, I don't I, I don't know when he moves forward. Actually, I think he's got to, he's got to remain that level. Just be active, get the British title possibly, and and, and then build for there. But. That was a that was a that was a bad result for him actually in every sense, just because of inactivity and everything else on top of it. So, who's holding the British right now at one twenty two? Oh God, I don't know. We need Aussie for these ones, don't we? Um, let's have a look. Yeah, but somebody's playing cricket with old people. Oh, is it Liam Davis? Oh, he's fighting Cunningham next week, isn't he? He was the European champion. Uh, let me see. Yeah, he's the British. Yeah, British. Oh, what was the weight well. division? Sorry. 122. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Liam Davis. That's a decent fight. I don't know whether they'd make that now. Davis seems to be very much in a different trajectory. I know it's uh, McGregor's first loss, but he feels like he's been on a bit of a subtle decline, and Davis is definitely on the way up, and different promotional entities, although I suppose money talks at the end of the day at this level. Uh, Davis is fighting Cunningham. Jason Cunningham, yeah. Uh, next week, yeah. Good fight. British, British yeah. and European fight, aye. So... Yeah, and I'm kind of curious it? about that because didn't Cunningham get whacked by Tete and then Tete popped in the next popped, fight? Yeah, so they've kind of forgot about Tete and pushed Cunningham back into a decent fight, yeah. Uh, he beat that, uh, that Chilean, uh, the one that Gonzalez, yeah. Gonzalez, uh. yeah. Yeah, they're, they're building a nice little stable in Telford, actually, Andy, for Liam Davis. Yeah, yeah, they are, eh? What do you think then, Matty, about McGregor Robles? You tuned in, didn't you? You were slagging off the, Eubank, the Harlem Eubank fight beforehand. Was I? Yeah, I think you were. Well, let's just say you were anyway. 
Yeah, he got the stoppage, you know, whatever, good for him. Uh, that uh, that uh, McGregor-Robles uh, fight, though, that was a fantastic fair in there. Kind of thought after about seven rounds that it looked like uh, Robles might uh, be uh, taking full control of that. And then McGregor had a good stretch, uh, only for Robles to really close out very strong in the end on uh, pulling out a, a deserved close decision. You know, I don't I don't think if if uh, you know McGregor had won that fight close that you could have really complained either. It was it was very tight. It, there was some definitely a couple of swing rounds in there, but but uh, generally speaking, I just thought Robles did the better work, uh, put his punches together better. But McGregor does look good at the weight. He filled out well. Um, curious to see where Robles uh, goes from here. Uh, maybe uh, you know looking at the way he throws and stuff. Maybe we got ourselves another uh, Lara on her hands. We we shall see. Absolutely, we might well do. Um, just anything else from the weekend, Matty, that I might have missed? I know there was a zone card. Well, for me, it was just barely a card. That Strafon went in against Jesus just, Bravo. Didn't didn't even watch that didn't one. Didn't me neither. Yeah. No, that, the undercard, though, on that McGregor, there was a couple of real nasty upsets on that, weren't there? Like, mm-hmm. uh, didn't uh, Cash Ali lost on that one, was it? Cash Ali lost, Matty Harris yep. lost as well. Yep, yeah. yep, yep. The, and, I mean, it gets to a completely nondescript uh, European, uh, you know, journeyman kind of fighter uh, just getting fucking bounced around the ring by a guy with substandard skills. And you're like, I'm not sure how anybody had faith in this guy. This uh, this is a fucking train wreck waiting to happen. But uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of cool every once in a while when you see those uh, those uh, random journeymen pick off a victory like that. So uh, uh, forgetting his name, of course, making me the asshole of the day. But thumbs up, random journeyman. Way to go get it. Yeah, we love a good random journeyman. Uh, the man who's on a journey himself down to New Zealand. That's Ryan Deal Force throwing in 10 New Zealand dollars. He says, Isaac Cruz beats everyone at 135. Shout out to Ryan Deal. He will feature later on in the pod with some of his fantastic photoshopping. He's thrown in 10 New Zealand dollars. So shout out to him for that one. Uh, shout out to Mark Wharton in the chat. Let's have a look through the chat, actually, shall we? See, see who's knocking about before we go on to the action uh, for next weekend. There's Des, a staple of the chat. Shout out to him. Yimmy Yappy as well. We've got AP in there. We've got Mark Wharton. We've got Michael Thompson. We've got Mark Stanton. Ryan Deal, the aforementioned super chatter. Jim McDonald Boxing's floating about in there as well. M. Lithgow, 1983. We've got Johnny. We've got, uh, who else have we got here? I think AB, AP used to be AB. We've got number one, Michael Thompson's with us. So it's Danny Young, uh, James O'Connor. If anybody wants to come on and talk in, you and Spence Crawford, by the way, let me know and I'll throw the, the link into the chat. We've got Dale Baker. We've got Porky's Corner. Is that a real Porky's Corner? Who knows? These days, you wouldn't even know. A lot of fake names going on. Uh, let's see who else is floating about there. Josh Ford, Joe Kennedy was in earlier as well. Shouts out to him. Um, just scrolling on up here, seeing if we can find any new names. Doesn't seem to be. There was a lad Richings earlier. Thomas Newman's there. Shout out to Albert Ross. We've got Captain Casual. We've got Take Ames as well. He's floating about. Shout out to Take Ames. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna put the link in the chat actually. So if anybody wants to jump on, you can show yourself. Yeah, they need to kind of actually probably, you know, take this long enough for Rob to get his say in on this because I know he's <laughs> kind of looking forward to these fights. <laughs> yeah, we've we've thrown that we've thrown the link in the chat there. So if anybody wants to jump on and come and talk Inoue and Fulton or Fulton Inoue, I should say, actually, let's give the champion his credit and Spence Crawford. Is that the right way around? Spence or well, Spencer's got where many belts? Three belts. Spence yeah, Crawford, is that fair I, enough? Yeah, I, th- I think you can have to say that since he has more of the belts. Mm-hmm. And they're just flipping a coin for who uh, for who goes out win to the to the ring too. They're they're being pretty cool on that kind of stuff. 
Absolutely. Go shout out to them boys. Yeah, let's keep things flowing along as quickly as we can. Uh, shout out to Gary St. Clair. I don't know if anybody remembers this guy. Superman, originally from Guyana, now based in Australia. He last fought in uh, June 2013. He's coming back 10 years later. He's 48 years young now. Could be the future of the, what divisions he fighting at? I think it's around super lightweight or something. You might remember he fought guys like Lovemore and Do back in the day. He went in against Jackson Asiku. I think he fought Amir Khan. What year did he fight Amir Khan? Yeah, 2008 for the Commonwealth title. Went the full 12 rounds as well. So shout out to Gary St. Clair. The future of the super lightweight division returns after 10 years out, age 48, next weekend in Australia. Might be on pay-per-view, probably is. Usually most things are. Also, shout out to Sinisa Estrada. Friday evening, they're not going up against Spence Crawford. This is on ESPN. She's going in against Leonella Paola Udica for the WBA, WBC minimum weight titles. You've also got a decent, some decent scraps on the undercard, actually. Abraham Nova against Jonathan Romero and Andres Cortez, 19-0, going in against 18-1, Xavier Martinez. You've I think Car- that's a real interesting. I think I don't know what the odds are going to be, but I kind of feel like that one's a pick em fight, Steve. Take those ones away, Matty, because I think that's a decent little card, apart from the women's fight, I joke, of course. Yeah, the... Uh... Cortez is undefeated. Uh, he, he hasn't fought a high level of competition yet. Uh, Xavier Martinez, once beaten, I'm trying to remember who his defeat was. He, he lost fairly wide. But I, I don't know that Cortez is going to bring that same uh, same kind of uh, style to the ring. Uh, I, I, he, 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 Cortez at times kind of fights like a puncher who isn't a puncher. So this could be an interesting scrap here. Um, I expect Cortez will probably be favored by the books, but I don't think I'd entirely write uh, Martinez off of this one. Uh, it's, it's a good one. Um, I'm not sure about Romero against Abraham Nova. Um, I do think that Nova looks a lot better at 130 pounds. He's a, he's a pretty lanky guy. Uh, and with Shakur vacating, I think there's definitely opportunity for him in there. So, uh, We'll see what him and his uh, giant mascot head thing uh, do this time. Hopefully they get him the right credentials so he gets to make the ring walk instead of being up. Supernova. The, uh, the bleachers. Yeah, Supernova. Um, yeah, with his John Mark Mormeck, uh beard. Uh, <laughs> and uh, But Sinisa Estrada, uh, I haven't seen much of her opponent, uh, but she's gonna. it's going to be a tall order uh, to take out Sinisa. Again, one of the most talented fighters in women's boxing. Throws excellent combinations. Very well bounced. Uh, grew up in the East LA gym, so she she can bite down and fight. Uh, there's only a handful of fights I think could be competitive with, for her, uh, where she's at currently at minimum weight up to 112 pounds. Um, and uh, I'll be more excited if one of those happens. But this is a decent card for sure for a Friday night uh, from top rank. Yeah, uh, on the subject of Xavier Martinez, actually, his loss, Matty, was to Robson Conceição, but the fight <laughs> I remember most go. was two fights before that. He fought against Claudio Marrero, who had been previously stopped by Kid Galahad, and Marrero gave him a hell of a time, dropped him a couple of times, I think, at least. So I, I de- the warning signs that you were throwing out about Martinez, I think, are just, Matty. Yeah, it's it, it, you know, but he he can also punch a bit too, and uh, and uh, Cortez unt- untested on that. So I don't know. We'll see what happens. I I, uh, <coughs> I kind of feel a bit about Cortez uh, as as I feel about um, Arnold Barbosa, right? It's it's it. There, there's something that's just missing there. I don't know if Martinez is the level to figure it out, but this could be a good fight uh, on on the path to uh, discovering the uh the level there mm-hmm, absolutely um 
Uh, we're going to give a shout out to James Ledbetter, not to be confused with James Ledbetter. Shout out to James. I haven't seen him in a while. Hope you are well. Also, John Moore Hall's always good for a few quid. Uh, he's thrown in 12 euros there for us. So shout out to John Moore Hall. Very much appreciated from you. Uh, Andy, I was going to raise, I was going to raise a very important matter with you actually over in Russia. Albert Batagaziev, 8 0, 6 knockouts. He's going in next week against a 17 0 fella, El Terrible. Mm. Uh, that's a, that's an interesting nickname, uh, uh, very original from the Dominican Republic. Seventeen and 0, 11 knockouts. Francis Vr Frometa. Not sure about his credentials. He hasn't really fought anybody of note. But this Batagaziev, former Olympian, I believe, oh, a good step watch. out win against Jezreel Corrales. Definitely want to keep an eye on. I think um, if we can get, if we can fit him in next week. <laughs> if we can fit him in next week, <laughs> or even this week, actually, he's lucky he's even getting thirty seconds here. Um, it's an interesting one, mate. To be fair, obviously, some, some Russians are getting ranked. Some aren't they? Um, there was a card on there last night with some, yeah, a couple of supposedly could have ranked a couple of Russians in there, but they're no whatever reason. But uh, well, you know the reasons. Um, that but guys have again, he'll be, be loyal to the you know to the Russian. Russians anyway, because obviously with him winning the gold medal, they kind of set him up with a flat and a car and that type of thing. So really embedded with the Russian state, so to speak. So I doubt he'll be basically moving countries to try and get world title opportunities. And I think he's a kind of mere poster boy, the kind of Russian boxing scene at this point. So we'll wait and see how he goes forward. That is, but I'm assuming that card might be available on YouTube. Who knows? But the Russian cards don't really know much to write home about these days, to be fair. Like, and they're always bringing in, as you mentioned, Guys like Corrales, so you guys like Panama and Dominican Republic and the Ugandans, that's what they're bringing in these days to have fights. Good luck to all them, well, boyos. Yeah. And those Dominicans, I mean, there's so it's such a big question uh, with what they are. We've seen some that, that come in with undefeated records and they just get flattened. And then we see some that are, 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 are pretty uh, sound fighters at the end of the day. Um, and, uh, Lukowicz is the one that brings a lot over, of them over. So I'd kind of look at that and see if he is, uh, involved, uh, with, uh, the Dominican fighter. Cause if he is, that's a real wild card. Cause we know Samson, I mean, he throws a lot of darts, but when he hits them, he hits them big. Yep, absolutely. Shout out to Chris. One shot. Love Drew is thrown in 79p. Um, also, next weekend, let me see here. Over in Telford, Andy, we mentioned this earlier. Liam Davis going against Jason Cunningham. Uh, Moses Atormas on the undercard. He's a bit of a prospect to watch. Ethan James hasn't had a knockout, but he's going in against former pod friend James Moorcroft, uh, one of Aussie's mates from Wigan, who's been before. Not too fussed on the undercard, Andy, but Liam Davis, Jason Cunningham will help ease us into the evening and on to Spence Crawford, hopefully. What do you think about that one, Davis uh, Cunningham? Yeah, it should ease us in, mate, but you know you know what Uncle Frank's going to do, eh, mate? That's, that that fight's not going to appear till 11pm, and I want to get my pip, because I want to get up, and I'm going to be watching Crawford Spence live, and I didn't want to be going to my bed at fucking half 11 at night after watching two guys fight for the fucking British title. So I want, Frank, if you're listening, mate, just try and get us a half nine start at the latest. <laughs> no chance. Get, get the fucking fight. Davis Cunningham will be the chief supporter oh. of Spence Crawford if Frank has anything Jesus to do with Christ, it. Jesus Christ, man. One of your kids is going to get diarrhea and literally <laughs> and figuratively shit all over your plans. Oh, man. <laughs> Just hopefully, no, mate. So, I that's what's going to happen. But yeah, it'll maybe ease us in, mate. But I don't know, it could ease us into a fucking sleeping contest as well at the same time. So, we'll wait and see. I, uh, I think I think it could be yep. putting there uh, about four alarms on and asking for a fucking couple of phone calls and uh, next Saturday. 
Uh, are you going to try and stay up then, Andy? Are you seriously? No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go. I need to go to bed, man, and get a couple of hours and then get up, mate. I, I can't do the all nighters anywhere. Eh? I'm, I'm officially fucking washed. But yeah, I'll definitely be getting up for it. You getting up? You need to get up for it, mate. Nah, I don't think so. I'll, I always watch them the next morning without knowing the results, so it might as well be live. I'm going to phone you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to put it on the airplane mode, or whatever it is. <laughs> right, I'm, going to, I'm, I'm going to go next door and get the guys pitching and send you a message. You, you better um, watch it, Steve, or I'm going to spam every way I know how to contact you with the results of the fight, and it's like you know going to be in the headlines of emails, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I'll watch it at some point. I'm, I might get up. I don't know. We'll see. Well, well I can't. He's not going to get up. He's like, oh, I, I'll just <laughs> no, I got, got it. What was the last one? I got it for Saunders Canelo got up for that. I accidentally got up for Ruiz against <laughs> the fat the fat mess that he fought. We call him Ortiz? Ariola. No, Ariola. Oh, because I couldn't sleep, so I, started, I got well, I technically got up and watched that. <laughs> so yeah, I have got previous form. Right. Anyway, um, Ames is here. Post fight pod says James O'Connor. I don't think so. Well, you never know. Stranger things have happened. Ames is here. Techie names. You getting up, um, Rob? Rob? Oh it, is, oh, it is you, Ames. I thought it was Rob with the one of his <laughs> suits. <laughs> spicy. Spicy. Spicy bean burrito. Bean burrito. No. Me, listen no, to me, yeah? Sliding yep. in on the old StreamYard chat. Are you, are you getting up me. next weekend, Ames? I'm barely up now myself. I've been doing a chuckle and been falling asleep left, right, and center. But yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll be covering it for seconds out so i'll be up um i can I'll be see you next i can see you next weekend dames hair all over the place scruffy oh, beard <laughs> during the davis cunningham fight <laughs> classic yeah i'll be i'll be covering davis cunningham then rocketing back down from telford to birmingham to my desktop where i'm at now to then cover spence crawford card so i'm looking forward to it to be fair should be a good weekend absolutely who's not looking forward to them alan stacy's looking forward to it. he's throwing in a couple of pounds shout out to alan stacy he said lads absolutely all four of us shout out to the lads i am uh, so glad it was you this week steve i, I would have been fucked <laughs> <laughs> uh we're with friends here ames anything from the weekend are you as incensed as we are at the maxi hughes result i had a very rare weekend off so i was trying to keep away from the boxing heading to what would be like a uh, you know, big working week this coming week but i caught, caught some of the highlights of I did what you did you know where you don't check the results and you watch it the day after mm-hmm. um so I kind of was avoiding the boxing asylum chat and I, I, I flipped through the Maxi Hughes fight watched the first few uh, first few rounds and it was kind of like just you know double tapping on you know the next 10 seconds of the fight to kind of see oh, where's Cambosa's going to come in is, is he getting a success now and I just kept finding my way like tapping through the fight and skipping through bits and not seeing anything really coming through from Cambosis and watch and just hearing these little sound bites of, you know, um, the analysis of the, their own unofficial scorecard having Max Hughes in the lead. And I was thinking, all right, Max Hughes got this uh, in the bag, really. And it, it kind of like it was a bit of famous last words from you guys last week, I guess. You kind of saying that uh, this is on neutral territory and there's no real favorite or dog in the fight or house fighter. And I guess when it came to the scorecards they were, in the, they were read out. I guess we found out there was a house fight, and that being Cambosis who got the result. Um, I've caught some of the you know uh, discussion online, and obviously people were up in arms about it. I can't, I haven't really seen the full fight to really kind of you know share that same same thought. But it is a, it is a shame when, especially said it before, when boxing kind of spews out a load of shit stories, and then you get like a good story with Maxi Hughes climbing the ranks and getting an opportunity that. He then gets, uh, you know, uh, trodden on here for Cambosis, the 
you know, fighter with a bit more profile to get the nod and set up a big fight. So hopefully, like, it's a weird thing to say, but, you know, a, a loss against George Cambosis, who's held world titles and, you know, been, a, been a, near around the top of the sport, um, for Maxi, to, he can bounce back from that to what, but it's just a, it's a shame that he didn't get the nod, which he seemed to deserve on the night last night. Otherwise, it's caught a little bit of the, you know, the misfit side of the less said, the better. We'll keep this about the proper traditional mm. boxing here, and, and and that's kind of been my 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 lot from the from this weekend. Excellent stuff, Ames. Feel free to stay with us as long as you wish. We're going to be going on to Spence Crawford a little bit later on and whatever else after it. Just before we go on to the fights, I want to just give a very quick shout out here. You might have seen in the pod description, there is a link to a Just Giving page. I wanted to give this a shout out for our friend Andrew Neal. Um, he's one of the nutters. He's running the Belfast City Half Marathon in September. Uh, his son has a rare limited, uh, life-limiting muscle condition, which I'd never heard of, actually, called myotubular myopathy. He's a good guy, is Andrew. He's doing the half marathon. He's raising funds as best as he can. So if you have a couple of quid spare and you were going to throw them in as a super chat, go and throw them into that Just Given instead. So shout out to Andrew for doing a great thing there uh, for young Sonny. So a shout out to him. If, you know, if the rest of us were capable of running, we would also run for charity. But physically, we'll, we'll run in, we'll metaphorically shit. run for him, Matty. We'll do it yeah. as best. Amen. As we can. Amen. We're there in spirit since, uh, you know, physically we're blobs. We absolutely we are indeed. It's there, it's down in the chat anyway. If you have, if you have a, a spare pencil or two, right into Japan, Tuesday, the 25th of July. Everybody's working from home. They're hammering the streams. Breakfast with the monster. God knows what time it's going to be when poor old Matty will be getting up to watch this one. Not really much on the undercard, Matty, but we'll go on to Rabizi Ramirez, first of all, making the first defense of his WBO World featherweight title against Satoshi Shimitsu. Satoshi, if I am correct, was the uh, pseudonym of the originator of Bitcoin. So perhaps Bitcoin Rodney could be ringside for this Robizi Ramirez performance. If he were to be, Matty, what would he be looking out for from Robizi? Well, you know what? I mean, if he uh, is the inventor of, uh, of Bitcoin, then he's a fighter that's going in there with nothing to lose, right? He already has it all, so uh, he'll swing for the fences. Um, I haven't seen him prior. Um, Robizi uh, picking off the title uh, in the, uh, the fight against Isaac Dogbay. Uh, and obviously a deserved winner in that fight, but didn't necessarily impress in, in what we know he has. And it'll be curious to see if he goes the Guillermo Rigondeaux kind of uh, route in what he's doing, or if he is a little bit more flashier, a little punchier. Uh, so so we'll see what happens. I'll, I'll tell you what, though, uh, these uh, Japanese fighters, rarely are you going to run into one uh, who's just going to let you sit there and, and quietly and safely box off the back foot. So I imagine that uh, Shatoshi will be in his face at times and uh, it will give him the opportunity for stoppage potentially. Uh, but it also could be a, another uh, uh, cold uh, oh, uh, moment for him when it comes to uh, remembering what it's like to be in the professional game and not in the amateurs. Yeah, completely agree. We're going to move on from that one onto the main event as swiftly as we can. The Ariaki Arena, Tokyo, uh, Japan, US, uh, USA uh, showing it on ESPN+. Plus. I imagine Sky will be showing it as well. WBC and WBO World Super Bantamweight titles on the line. Stephen Fulton's 21-0. Nayua Inoue is 24-0. and Andy, what is Fulton bringing to the table that can trouble the monster? Or, or to look at, look at it another way, what things does he do better than Inoue for you? 
Um, well, he's a, he's a good all-rounder, I think, in terms of his discipline. He's a good Philly fighter. Um, he can be aggressive when he wants to be, but at the same, same time as well, as when you look at that Figueroa fight, I don't think if he if he was to fight in UA the same style, I think he could come into some problems. One thing that I'm interested to see is is, is the weigh-in. I want to see the side difference, because obviously in UA is the one coming up. I want to see how he's... I know it's only, what is it, £4, £5 difference. Um, so I just want to see what that kind of entails. Um, I think he will. He's got. He's he's, a, he's definitely a better boxer. I think as well as I think he works better off the back foot as well. Uh, Fulton and in UA can in UA. I think when he gets caught going backwards, he can take shots, especially down the middle. He hasn't really got a lot of great head movement. I think he can be a bit kind of flat footed as well. So I'm I'm sl- I'm slightly edging towards Fulton in this fight. To be fair, but again with the judges and that, I, th- I think. Um, I think NUA with his power might make it interesting in the stretch. Um, I'm kind of talking my way out of it, but I'm, I'm going to I'm going to stick with Fulton on decision. As to other things that he, he, that he does well was I think he says he's got a better defence. He can fight off the back foot, as I say. He can definitely fight aggressively if he wants to. But I also think he's got better footwork and he's got a better defence than NUA. So. Um, the difference, the X factor, obviously, is the power. That's that's the main thing. If if anyway can start targeting the body, slowing down the feet, because we all know man doesn't live by his head; he lives by his body organs. So if you start like you know hurting those kidneys and the liver and that type of thing, just slowing them down a little bit, I think potentially anyway could, could could get to him late. But I just think with the with the the Philly experience and he's all around the kind of like general boxing IQ, I think Fulton has got more than enough about him to basically hold when he's got to. I think he might be the stronger man on the night or the day of the fight, uh, just purely because it's, it's his weight class and we just don't know what anyway is like coming up. And uh, again, as I say, if, 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 he, if he's able to take the power, I think that's, that is enough for me to suggest that Fulton has got enough in his locker and then pull it out in the stretch and be win a close, but as Tommy would say, a competitive, clear decision. So I'm going to go like a kind of 115-ish, 116-112, 115-113 type card. Regarding the cards, Andy, you mentioned the judges there. Uh, the judges are, in fact, Canada's Richard Bluein, who I've actually never heard of. Italy's Guido Cavieri, who I remember as a referee back from the European title days. And Spain's Manuel Palomo. The referee is Hector Afu. You might remember him, Andy, when we done the live pod between Jake Paul and Tommy Fury. He was right. the kind of fussy, over-officious referee on display there, as it happens. Well, let's, let's hope he's no foo a drink then on the on the day of this fight and just let the guys get on with it, you know. So, yeah, we don't need a fussy referee. We certainly, we certainly need experienced judges. Nothing, not, no chicane. But look what happened last night. It's like every other couple of weeks we're talking about some either dodgy official referee or judges or some shit going down, you know. Dodgy uh, sanctioning bodies, sanctioning fights, or no stripping titles, quick enough, that type of thing. Just give us what we want. We've got two great fights to look forward to next week. Let's hope each of them deliver. Don't need any any bullshit in either of them either. So just let the fighters fight. Uh, and if it comes down to it, let's hopefully both end in a knockout so we don't have to worry about the judges in the end, you know? Yep. Sure, the boys in the chat are having a chat there about this particular fight. Give us your predictions. Fulton versus the NUA, so we can come back next week and gloat. Or cry. Give us your predictions. Fulton versus Inua in the chat. Inua and close points may be a split decision, says Matt Butters. Danny Young says, I think Inua will get the hooks to the body going early. Uh, what else have we got? James G says, I think Inua wins. We're not sure with the size. This is surely his limit. 
Joe Kennedy's there, head of the Prediction League. Shout out to him. He says, think Fulton will cause lots of issues early, but expect Inoue to find his range eventually. Yeah, that's where I'm kind of uh, looking at as well. Captain Casual, that's Damo. Uh, Inoue, contentious points decision. That's what I said last week as well. But I can make as many predictions as I want. You know what I'm like, boys. I say one thing in here, put another thing on the Prediction League. I just do what I want, Ames. Tell me your prediction then. What's going on here? Fulton's the bigger man, but what impact will that size have on an opponent who started out his career a bit full stone lighter? Is Fulton going to use that size, that strength to bully him? This is a guy who sat in the pocket with Brandon Figueroa. He's going to be big on the night, Fulton. First of all, I just want to have a word with the chat when we've got two serious fights coming up this weekend and these boys want to talk about the, the social media influencers fighting in the chat and what's going on here. Um... But yeah, no, look, look, I appreciate the, the, the size being a big factor, but I think the, one of the big factors that's kind of coming out right now in in the fight week is the issue of the hand wraps, uh, Steve. Like, I, I, you'll always kind of wonder, like, this freakish power and what where it comes from and if it's legitimate, if it, you know, fighters are born with it, which I think fighters generally sometimes are if they're trained for it and what, in a way, kind of has been, you know, blessed with here or whether there's something more to it. And, you know... The, if I was reading what I was reading right over the the, the week heading into this fight, what Fulton's camp have been uh, complaining about the ham wraps and how they're done over in the, uh, under the Japanese kind of boxing commission rules and looking to kind of maybe protest that. It, it's an interesting kind of attack to take, whether it's just mind games or just kind of, you know, putting their kind of stance on or putting their mark on the fight. You would have thought something like this would have come out when Butler went over to Japan and, and mm. fought uh, in a way because Joe Gallagher is long in the tooth. He would have sussed anything like that going on and would have made a complaint or at least spoken about that would, out, about that after the fact if uh, he found something unfair or different to you know what he usually kind of faces or what his fighters usually face in, face in Britain or abroad or wherever he's in, in, in any jurisdiction he's fought before. So whether there's any anything to that, uh, we'll find out. I don't know what the actual Japanese, you know, commission rules are Stitch. in terms of stacking, but gone. Stitch Duran said um, it was bullshit. Um, I think he was, right. he interviewed last night, uh, saying uh, it was it was a pile of nonsense. But who knows? I've, yeah, I've, I've I've seen some dodgy hand wraps. I remember remember Oscar getting um, some some kind of like binding done on his hands because he's got kind of like dodgy knuckles, mm. things like that. But you would you would think Joe G, you know, he would he'd be on top of that. As you say, he would be on top of oil that type of thing. But some commissions are different. But again, are they even qualified? Some of these commissions, they even pass judgment on some of these hand wraps. So that's that's that is the key thing. It it is a fair position to take, though. Bradley was explaining it, and it basically gives you another full layer on there. And you you have to consider the idea like you know we we talk about uh, you know the difference between eight and ten ounce gloves in some fights well how many ounces are you adding to your hands when you're taping and gauzing again I, he might be up to fair... super featherweight by the time he's wrapped his hands i'm I, I, I fucking telling you but uh, it's a it's a fair position to take and and yeah it might be a little bit of head games but it's something to look at. I don't think Inouye is a cheater. I wouldn't say that whatsoever. The Vegas commission we fought over here apparently signed off on it too, and that's the way that he wraps his hands. But it is something that is, if it's technically not allowed, well, you know, now that somebody's noticing it, they should pull the plug on it. Uh, but we'll see what happens. I think Ames Bradley mentioned it, but he, or was it Bernardo Asuna was making the distinction between the single stacking which was done before. And this is maybe double stacking, which is where the issue lies. Mm. 
Yeah, no, that's that's the that's from my knowledge is, is what it is, and that can give the fighters you know, edge in, in if I, especially someone like Inouye, who's you know he's he's been a destructive force throughout his fights. So we just you know we'll we'll soon find out whether the power is legitimate or not if he's suddenly you know picked up on it in the fight week and he's not allowed to do it, and then this power or fame power goes and Fulton, Fulton, you know just you know dominates him throughout the fight. But in terms of the, the thing about the size, look. Fulton, has he ever really, from my memory, has he ever really fought that way? Kind of really, kind of utilizing his size or size or power and that sort of. Way? I don't think he kind of like really kind of capitalizes upon upon that side of things. He hasn't but, knocked but, anybody out in four no, years. No, no, that, that's that's what it is. So I don't think Fulton will be looking to kind of unless something changes in the fight where because I think Fulton has that ability in the IQ to adapt in a fight and he's 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 kind of switched and switched and switched. And adapted in fights in the past. The one fight in particular, not where he's adapted or switched, but more where we've kind of seen a lot from him is that Brandon Figueroa fight where he's had to kind of dog dog things out and fight and really kind of come through the mire. A couple of if those fights were, you know, the, the old 15 round adage and all that sort of stuff, he might be on the end of an end of a loss on, on that fight. But like there is there is a lot of dog in Fulton. There is a lot of you know ability to kind of wear things out with Fulton as well. But I think he'll have to come through those big moments in the fight to Really pick up a a win, but a points victory I feel is out of out of place for for Fulton unless he like really kind of like skates away with it through the twelve rounds. Well said, Ames. A few boys have jumped on. Danny Young's here. We'll go to him shortly. Head of the Prediction League, Joe Kennedy's jumped on with us as well. I was going to sh- uh, save this for Rob, but he's not here yet, so obviously we'll get stuck into it. Ames has brought it up. Joe, hand wrap gate in UA <laughs> leaning on some Japanese privilege, they're saying. Rob put up a suspicious video during the week about Inoue apparently bitching about random drug testing around the time of the first fight. Then all of a sudden he's injured and the fight is rescheduled. That was on fight hype. Other people have gone in on him about that. How can I subtly put this, uh, Joe? Is Inoue a big cheater? Yeah, I don't know. Um, I don't really put much credence on your man's chance to tell at all. But um, I think there is some good points being raised. And when you see someone rising through the levels uh, and rising through the weights, sorry, and, and the power carrying like as emphatically as it has been, um, I think it's natural enough to have some questions asked. But um, I don't know. I don't know enough about hand wraps or anything like that to to really have much of a uh, an input there, but I think it doesn't look great from Fulton's team the way it's gone out. I think it looked a little bit uh, pathetic the way it kind of came out um, in the fighters' meeting. It, it looked a little bit like snide and and and, and kind of back channeling instead of like because it was obviously agreed beforehand. Like these things are, are are not like left up to the week of the fight. So I just thought it was probably more of a, uh, an attempt by Fulton's team to throw a spanner in the works and you know disrupt fight week for for a new way. But I think it probably backfired a little bit on them. And what about the fight itself, Joe? I know you've made your uh, feelings known in the Prediction League, and I, I did a Substack article where I sort of uh, canvassed everybody to see what they were coming up with. I can't quite remember what you said, Joe, so do you want to re- rerun it for us here? How do you see the fight going? Yeah, I, I like um, I like Fulton. He's a pretty versatile fighter. I think he could fight at distance, or he can also mix it up in the inside, which people have talked about in the Figueroa fight. And so I think he'll probably fiddle in a way around a little bit early on mm. keep you know mix up the range fight inside fight out, fight fight on the outside and keep a new way guessing and and, and keep a new way from um finding his range and, and really planting his feet and putting in those wicked body body shots and and, and getting his power shots off i think it'll just take a little bit of time for a new way to do that and i expect him to come on strong the second half of the fight so i, I think it'll be uh 
a close win for a new way after after kind of pulling away at the stretch. But I think Fulton will give him lots of issues, especially early on. Yeah, me too. I think Fulton's definitely present quite a few issues. Uh, Yimmy Yappy says, Steve, can you ask Rapping Rob if he raps with his hands? I'll ask him absolutely when he, when he turns up. What kind of time is it going to be for you, Joe, when this comes on? I'm, I'm losing track here. When, is it going to be the very early morning for you? Yeah, it'll probably be about midnight when, when they're walking to the ring. Um, I have two young kids at home, so I'm... I'm, I'm, I'm no, are you talking New York time? Yeah, New York time. No, it's they're going to be in the ring at like eight eight a.m. Your time. Joe. Oh, sorry, I'm thinking Spence Crawford. Uh, yeah, Fulton Manuwe will be eight a.m. Yeah, yeah. So I'll be able to catch it with, with uh, I'll probably have to watch it in my train. There you go, Joe Kennedy's going to fuck off. Call in sick. Be a hardcore. <laughs> Joe. <laughs> yeah, quite yeah. <laughs> Good stuff. Joe's on the train. Danny Young's on the hype train as well. You've seen uh, Inua up close and personal, Danny. Is it going to be another destructive performance similar to when he smashed Rodriguez to pieces against Full UA? Uh, full UA? They are. Just, yeah. <laughs> Great fire. That was a good job, Dan, wasn't it? It'd be one hell of a fight if you could combine the two of them, wouldn't it? But uh, yeah. <laughs> How's it going to go down? I don't know, but I've I got to say, on, the, on that, when I saw him in Glasgow, I think it was the last time I had a hard on, I think. It was, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty incredible, to be honest with you. Andy will tell you. But, um, but yeah. Um, I'm just, I'll be, I'll be honest, like, I'm not, I won't say anything bad about Fulton because obviously Fulton's not a bad fighter, but I think I'm just going with, like, kind of heart overhead on this one a little bit, just purely on the basis of, like, I don't know, I suppose I'm romanticising a little bit over the fact that, you know, if NUA does this, then, then like, where does he sit? You know what I mean? Like, because, I don't know, like, it's just, just the style that he fights in and that. And again, i got no- nothing against Fulton, but I just think like we might see something special from him in UA, or at least I'm hoping we'll, we'll see something from something special from him. Um, and obviously with the, with the, with the Japanese crowd behind him. And I, and I, I think that that Japanese atmosphere has to be factored in, in this because obviously it's a very, for, for a boxer and obviously, with the, you know, with like the, Fulton, the Japanese crowd behind him. Oh, we've got two Danny Youngs there. Mute yourself, Michael. Uh, do, do you want to hear yourself twice, Dan? No, no, thank you. <laughs> Carry on, dude. No, but um, yeah, I think I think the um, the atmosphere needs to be factored in. Obviously, the fights in Japan are very different to those in the states and the UK and all that. There's no there's no screaming and shouting. There's nice polite applause and things like that. And obviously. I don't know. I look at it and I think sometimes it must be quite disparaging if you're if you're in the away corner and you're you're getting some decent decent digs in and, and punches and, and and you're not really getting any any reaction from a crowd and then obviously when in your way like he did against Butler was getting those shots away and, and the crowd were getting excited and, and and doing their clapping and stuff like that so um yeah i think that might be a factor in this one that might frustrate fawn a little bit um but I, I just think it's going to be a great fight i think it's going to be very close and i think in your way will just nick it for me We've lost Michael Thompson, unfortunately. Feel free to jump back on, Michael, whenever you can. Um, Matty, Danny made a good point there about the um, the crowd. I always remember a fair, one of the American journalists talking about Tyson against Buster Douglas, which was obviously in Tokyo, and he said that you had literally had like one of the biggest sporting upsets of all time unfolding in front of everybody, and the place was like a mausoleum. You know, everyone is dead quiet, polite applause here. Buster Douglas is coming back, creating this sporting moment, and there's like no emotion whatsoever and no noise, basically, compared to what you would get in the USA or, or, or Britain or something. So the crowd is, is an interesting factor there, you raised. 
Well, it's funny. I think on a lot of like Tyson little documentaries and stuff they've done, Steve, where they say, you know, and like they go to like some journalist or someone, and they're like, and the crowd went totally silent. <laughs> like, they were silent for a lot of that fight, sir. What's your fucking point? Um, but it, it'll be interesting because I um I, I don't know, you know, the crowd won't necessarily be influencing the judges or anything like that, potentially. Um, this is just a truly interesting fight. One of those ones that's a, you're, we're glad that it gets made. Uh, and, and hopefully it's on the up and up. Boxing has a big week ahead. It'd be nice if they didn't shoot themselves in the foot in some way, shape, or form. Uh, but God damn it, uh, they, uh, you know, with two chances, I, I figure they're going to fuck up one of them. The question is, which one will it be? Um, but, uh, you know, uh, well, when it comes to Inouye, you got to think he, he started at 108 and he's coming up to 122. Fulton was uh, thinking about vacating, going up to 126 before Good this point. fight got onto the ta- got on the table. So I, it's very interesting to say that at this point in time, I don't know if Stephen Fulton's size is going to be uh, is going to be uh, to uh, you know uh, help his, his successes or if it's going to be to his detriment at this point in time. If he has trouble making the weight, it's going to be rough coming in late because Inouye uh, going to be extra, a few extra pounds. He should be nice and fresh. And if he doesn't get stopped or anything of that nature, groovy rock and roll, and he should be able to get uh, late. And we've seen he definitely has power late in fights. Uh, but if he is safely making the weight, he's going to be a f- huge compared to uh, Inouye on fight night. And, you know, at that weight class, you know, that 10-pound uh, rehab, I can't remember if the IVF is one of the belts on the line or not for this one. No. I think, no, it's not. So the rehydration clause is not even in effect then. Um, so it doesn't matter really what Fulton comes in at. But I think size could really play it here. And you have to think, Steve, uh, that, you know, uh, we've already seen Fulton in with somebody who could punch and was physically much bigger, much stronger than Inouye. You know, Brandon Figueroa is at featherweight now. We saw him handle Mark Magsayo just fine. He's gonna not going to end his career at 126 pounds either. He's a big boy. He's going up to 130. So I think that we kind of know what's happening at, at this point in time uh, when, when it comes to, you know, what uh, Fulton can handle as far as the physicality in a fight that might uh, matter. So for Inouye to win, he's going to be, have to be accurate. He's going to have to pick his spots, and and he's going to have to land very specific shots when they matter. And that's going to be at mid-range because not only do I think, obviously, with the jab, uh, Fulton, uh, with his height and reach advantage, which is uh, substantial, can control the outside, uh, as we've seen against Figueroa, as we've seen against Angelo Leo. He can potentially control the inside, inside fight, too, even as a bigger man. Um, so it's... Um, God, it's a damn interesting fight. I'm leaning uh, for Fulton decision on this one, and uh, it, it, it's it's definitely worth getting up for. It's going to be on at 6 in the morning my time. I'll watch it, be off to work probably about an hour later if it goes to a decision. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't be surprised if Inouye uh, somehow lands a big shot uh, late and just randomly out of nowhere too. Hmm. It'd be on about 12 or 1 o'clock our time, so it's well worth yeah. getting up for. Oh my God. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's by Steve. Like, uh, well, you know, like for those of you who might be waking up from a drunken stupor, it might be a struggle, but uh, yeah, most of you guys should cut it on your lunch break or, uh, you know, try to extend that, come up with some excuse. Uh, One last thing, Steve, I I wanted to make this. I forgot is I think it'll be interesting to look at this and see if this is a ceiling for in a way in much the way that it was for Nonito Donaire. I see a fairly similar career trajectory between the two, and I'm curious 
if Inouye is going to be able to surpass what Donaire was able to do. And this was about his limit. Donaire picked off his title at 112 pounds, really couldn't find success at 126. Inouye at 108. Let's see what he can figure out at 122. Can you imagine if he does the business to an icy yep. felt in early doors? Holy shit. Good. Yeah, that's very crazy. And Nuneiro Donaire's first fight at 122 pounds One's was against the absolutely massive Jeffrey Matabula, who was six foot if he was an inch. Chase Athletic, shout out to our American correspondent. He says, gentlemen, I work for an electric company and I drive really late and usually see Fulton running, but I haven't of late. Maybe he's in Japan. Do you think he stopped running, Matty? Is he going to no, be all fat? No, I think he's in Japan. <laughs> in Japan. Shout out to Chase Athletics. I haven't seen him for a while. Uh, shout out to Michael Michael Thompson's on the call, uh, head of the Boxing Asylum Analytical Department. He's a tactical expert, so I'm going to hit him with this question, uh, Michael. So Fulton, he's displayed a lot of adaptability in previous fights. He's shown he can win in the trenches. He's shown he can box on the outside. Matty mentioned Figueroa there, Angelo Leo. Boxed both of them on the inside. He wasn't phased by Figueroa's power. Stood with him, big unit, took the shots, landed them, went toe-to-toe with a couple of tough swarmers. Against Danny Roman, he dominated from the outside. Roman tried to be aggressive. He was never allowed to settle. Couldn't get much done. Then at the end of the fight, more adaptability from Fulton. He pushed him back, used his speed, his engine, turned the tables on Roman. Which style out of those two, or maybe a mixture of the both, Michael, is he going to adopt against Inouye? Um, Yeah, evening, guys. It's uh, good to be on again. Um, Yeah, um, it'll be so interesting. I think... um, the way I see it, as I sort of predicted when you asked for everyone's predictions, I think Inouye will probably stop him late because I think they're just, you know, Fulton's obviously so technically sound, and I'm sure he's got a, I'm sure he's got a game plan for like every conceivable sort of uh, scenario, as Ben Davison would probably say. Um, but I think Inouye's so technically sound as well in his own right that I think just the power will make the difference for me. Like you say, I think Fulton can sort of navigate his way through any sort of fight, but I just think anyway he's going to catch him at some point. And um, but Matty did, you know, Matty make uh, a good point, um, you know, with uh, with Donaire moving up and everything. Um, but I think it'd just be the edge. I think anyway, just the power. I think I think Fulton might just run out of things to do with him, if you know what I mean. Absolutely. Right, we're going to go around and get everybody's predictions. So you're going for Inoue. Are you going the stoppage route or are you going the points route, Michael? Um, I'm going stoppage. And also, just quickly with the hand wrap mm. thing, um, just uh, just quickly, yeah, one in fight week with these with these fights, there's always a bit of this sort of like gamesmanship going on, isn't there? I'm sure you've seen it over the years. And also, why don't they just wrap Fulton's hands the same? And also, again... Uh, anyway, he's been icing people outside of Japan anyway, so it's. I, I don't think it makes any difference how Inouye gets his hands wrapped as long as he's not going, obviously, with like plaster cast in there. Um, I don't think it's going to make a difference. I think he's he's, he's going to smash him out in the later rounds. So this problem hasn't travelled, clearly, but the power has definitely travelled in. Yeah, exactly, yeah. There you are. Welling's coming out with a nice, concise finish for us there. MB says Fulton on points. Quite a few people going for Fulton. I'm going for Inoue on decision. Uh, Joe Kennedy, final prediction? Uh, Steve Wellington, classic late decision for uh, Inoue. Classic late decision. Ames, what about you? Uh, no idea. Um, I'm going to go with Inoue late round, round nine. 
Round round ten, sorry. Round nine or round ten? Come on, Ames, which one round is ten. It? Round ten, round ten. Round ten, round ten. Uh, Des says, I mentioned this in Steve's column uh, over at Substack, shout out. Fulton is strong, although not a puncher. I think he'll last into the championship rounds and as and his strength will get Inua as respect. Yep, can well see that one happening. Uh, Matty, final prediction for you, please, for Inua Fulton. Fulton, majority decision. Ooh, majority decision. Andrew, final one to you. Are you thinking along those same kind of lines as Matty? Yeah, I think Fulton, a uh, close enough decision. Um, I think the fans will be right in there if Inoue is, is successful with some of his shots and he's landing power punches and he's not really getting much back from Fulton. I think they'll be right into it. So if Fulton is able to start pretty well, maybe just keep the crowd out a little bit, and just stick to his boxing. I think he could, eat, I think not easily, but I think he could, he could pull off a decision. So generally speaking, you, you do tend to get pretty fair cards over their famous last words. Really could pull off a decision. Talking of pulling off decisions, Mark Stanton says this show is a tough <laughs> wank tonight with all these boxing nerds. <laughs> it's good to have the boys on. Uh, Mark Wharton says Inuay on points for me, just. Chase Athletics says more meat on the bones in UA round 12. Michael Thompson says, thanks for having me. You're very welcome, Michael. Feel free to jump back on if you want. If anyone wants to talk Spence Crawford, we're going on to that next. The link is in the chat. Don't forget, everybody. Rob read. better hurry up, man. Rob better hurry up. Don't know where Rob is. Maybe he's been um, taken up by the old UFOs or UAPs, as they call them now, Matty. Unidentified aerial phenomenon, apparently. It's got a new name. There you go, or maybe it's unidentified alley uh, uh, freak, PH, uh, you know, and uh, he's getting probed. Rolls off the tongue there, that one, Matty, uh, so to speak. As I was saying, episode five, 532, is it, Matty, we're on now? <laughs> I think, is it? Five, That's three, what yeah. it says at yeah, the top. That's what it says on the tin, <laughs> episode 532. Uh, Boxing Asylum Notes podcast. I'm here. That's Steve. That's me. Andy's here as well. Matty's here. Ames and Joe Kennedy, head of the Prediction League. Right. Let's move on to the big one. I'm looking forward to Inua Fulton, I must say, but I'm just looking forward to this one a little bit more. Spence against Crawford. Let's get the official particulars going here. T-Mobile Arena, Las Vegas. Showtime pay-per-view. We'll get it over here on BT Sport, which is now called TNT Sports. Ready for that explosion on TNT, Earl Spence Jr., 28-0, Terence Crawford, 39-0, IBF, WBA, WBC and WBO World Welterweight titles are all on the line. But let's get on to the undercard, first of all, before we do that. We'll go to you, first of all, Andy. You can tell us what you fancy on this one. Uh, Justin Valoria, uh, Brian Valoria's nephew's on there, as is Stephen Nelson against Rowdy Legend Montgomery. Uh, Nonito Donaire. He has his fight moved here for the vacant WBC bantamweight title against Alexandro Santiago. And Isak Cruz will fancy another shot at Javonta Davis if he can get past the slippery, talented, non-punching Giovanni Cabrera. Any other undercard get you going, Andy? Nah, not really, mate, to be fair. Uh, probably Cruz against Cabrera. I think it might be decent enough, but as you say, Cabrera hasn't really got a lot of power. And I, I expect Cruz at some point might get to him but it might have problems getting to him actually as well. But um, I think it might be a, dis- a distance fight possible running over. Denier against Santiago. This, this is a vacant world title. I didn't even know that until I read it this, mm-hmm. uh, this afternoon, actually. So I don't know how that's been, been wangled. But it's all about the main event, mate, really, to be fair. I'm looking at the undercard at the minute here. Sad, I'm trying to think. Andy. Sad. Trying to think. What is? What's sad? That you can't get into the undercard. I... 
I think Donaire against Santiago is going to be a really interesting fight. I don't know if they put odds back up against uh, Santiago, only a slight underdog. Uh, he had a 115-pound uh, draw with uh, Drewin in, uh, in Cajas. Uh, this guy can really fight. Uh, this might be his moment. Donaire now 40 years old. Uh, very, very interesting fight. I don't know if uh, Mr. Kennedy is going to have it as one of the pick, picks in the prediction league or not, but this is it, it's a very good supporting bout for the main event. Uh, so I, I, I got to give him credit for moving this. It kind of sucks we didn't get to see it last week, but this is a very solid fight. Yeah, good point, actually, Andy, from MB there. I knew there was something better than this. Hovanissian against Vekerst. Faust seems to have dropped off the card, according to Boxrec, which is a bit of a shame. Yeah. Was that initially on that card, like the heavyweight? Yeah, it was fight? supposed to be. That's why they must have moved on air, I bet you, then. No, save that last spot. No, the, what happened with no, the Donair card was meant to be... What, he was going to be on the Frank Martin card. He yeah. was supposed I, to headline that. So what happened there? So they moved him off of that card to take up the place from Victor Faust having to pull out or Hovenate or Hovenation, whichever one it was. Mm-hmm. Marvin Nation, yeah. Alright, okay. I, so I, so I thought it was the opponent had maybe pulled out and the fight had to get pushed back for some other reason. I, I can't no. mind. No, and I'm not going to hold it against you for not knowing. You were at a, you're probably at a water park in Ger- in Germany at the time, so not holding oh, it against you whatsoever, sir. There you go. You see I me? Mean, I've got a life outside of this shit. You see. Yeah, uh, not like us. No. <laughs> Dumb bastards we are. Right, uh, before we get on to the main one then, Joe, anything from the undercard uh, that takes you fancy? Yeah, I think that Denaire santiago fight, definitely. I'll, I'll put that in the prediction league along with the, the main event. Um, I like Danito Denaire, so I'll watch him in any, any kind of fight. And yeah, this looks like a particularly it's 50-50 with the books. And um, don't know a huge amount about Santiago, but he seems to be on a, on a pretty good win streak as well so another great test for a great man another test for a great man let's get on to the main event then we've we've dilly-dallied around for long enough we've gone through the particular spence against crawford um for the chat box for anybody got some uh, northern irish irish bias going on there steve trying to move fast as you can to keep uh, rob out of here (laughs) (laughs) yeah no i wish i wish uh, rob would uh, would appear but we have the boys here we've got joe with us yeah i'm representing the south he was so excited for both of these fights hilarious (laughs) well hopefully he'll turn up hopefully he'll turn up yeah if you're in the chat um let us know what you think Uh, same as in ua fulton let us know your predictions for spence crawford give us any analysis you want to i know i'm in the minority here and can see i can see a number of different outcomes to be honest maybe not crawford on points due to the pbc as much but we'll get to that later anyway let me know how you see it playing out in the chat box there in the comments below let's see who you've got or if you want to come on like the boys like danny like michael like games like Joe, then the cha- uh, the link to StreamYard is floating about. Feel free to jump on. Um, Des, who's been on calls in the past, not as calls, says two brilliant fighters, nothing in them. Budwin wins, in my opinion. He's lived better these past three years. Good point. Stronger, better activity, and most importantly, no impacting injuries. Bud points, which is an interesting one, Andy. Leads me on to my first point, which I'll bring up to you. What is Spence's physical shape like right now? Is the car accident still a factor? Should we be worried by these persistent eye injuries? Is there a chance Crawford, with all of his power, his strength, his desire, his dog, finally puts a dent in that creaking frame? Um, I'm most too sure, to be fair, mate. I mean, obviously, you could say maybe Spence has, has looked really good since he came back from the injury. It was Danny Garcia and the U-Gas fight. Um, 
I mean, at least against Garcia, he looked as good as he's ever been, really, to, to be fair. So, um, I think... He, he has another been, car accident in the middle. Yeah, he's, he seems to be in great, great shape enough in that as well. He's had the, obviously, he's had the eye operation and that. Um, don't know if that'll be a factor. My, my main question, McGrin, at this fight is, is to how both start it. I think we'll get a bit of a chess match for about two or three rounds and then... I think because the guys are too good, they're too skilled, it, it, it's got to break into a fight at some point. I think I think we're about the mid, maybe the middle half of the fight is and down the back half. It's going to have to start kicking off. I think um, we know how good a finisher Crawford is. It's the other question mark for me is is, is, is how Spence holding up some of these shots. I mean, look at how Crawford sometimes throws those winging hooks in there. Is Spence holding up to those shots? I mean, remember that that punch he took off you gas. He's He's stumbling all over the ring. He's got the he's got the mouthpiece falling out. It does it does bring question marks at the end of the day. Um, can he take the shot? As 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 he got about a crack in him, there, we don't know. I mean, obviously his technical ability kind of covers up any any other flaws that he might have at this point. He's he's gave Floyd Mayweather the business when and sparring at one point. It was it was so good that they were, even Floyd at the time was, was saying that Spence was going to be there at the throne. Give him a, give him a black eye, didn't he? Yeah, he, he yeah. gave him the really really hard business. Floyd said he needed it because he was just he was just. Floyd had been in up. prison, hadn't he? And he was preparing for the Guerrero fight. This was 2013. Yep. Spence was a four and pro at that point, and he came in and gave Floyd the work that he needed to get himself in shape. Yep, definitely. he was almost as he's. I mean, he was almost as old as Floyd was when he sparred him. Now, like he's, it's the Errol Spence is no longer a young fighter. No longer a young fighter. You're right, and obviously he's he spent that entire career at 147 just before the. I don't know if, if anybody remembers just before the car accident. Actually, who was the fight before the car accident? Just uh, Porter a month before. Right, so. I think he dumped like some 25, 30 pounds before that fight, and he he actually came on Twitter and he said. I I got to stop doing this shit. I got to get my my own my, my diet in order. And that. he's brought in some some conditioner in as well and do his food and that type of thing. I as a direct result of it. So uh, that might be adding a wee bit of benefit to it as well. But um, obviously you have the size. I would imagine on 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 fight night. I don't know how much obviously, but Crawford with his background with wrestling and that, I, I think he'll be a menace for Spence on the inside. I don't think this, the size will be that much of a factor as well. I think if you look at the Porter fights eh, as some sort of kind of like say or measuring stick, obviously you can say that Crawford dealt with it far better. Um, Sp- the, the Spence fight as such was kind of like more like in, in battle. The thing with Crawford was he nullified Spence trying to get on inside. He was happy to hold him, he was happy to wrestle him, and he was happy to reset and then get back on his on his boxing. The other question as well kind of brings up to me is does does Crawford spend the entire fight fighting as a southpaw, or does he does he start orthodox? Does he go to southpaw? I think he'll probably stick to it as southpaw for the best part of the fight. Um, don't change what works for you. And I think everybody agrees that Spence, sorry, Crawford's a, a far better southpaw. Um, and you've you got to wonder as well, is, is, is Spence preparing for those southpaws and that as well? Has he had the proper and the adequate sparring? Because I think at this point as well, you can say that Spence is without doubt top five fighter in the world at this point, pound for pound. So um, the argument is the winner of this fight becomes pound for pound number one. Who knows? But... Um, what was the question again? I'm kind of like rambling on here. No, it doesn't I, matter. Just keep, just keep spending your take on the fight. Your You're right in there. 
Spence's, defi- Spence's deficiencies really again. You just wonder. Obviously, he said I mentioned the, the injuries and the, and, and uh, the surgeries. That the, the body doesn't forget about that type of stuff. Is it? Is it? Is this the moment? Because obviously, Crawford is, is known to be a you know a, a very good finisher. I forget how many fights he's on. I kind of knockout streak at the minute, and that, but it's quite a few possible double figures actually at this point. Um, I'm I'm siding with Crawford. I'm going down the stretch, and I think Crawford could do a decision, but. I don't know. He's had to kind of. He's had to take the B side of this, shall we say? He's he's had to kind of make concessions for the fight. Um, I don't know if we've got a fair shake on the cards at the end of the day. Um, as Vegas, um, Spence has got all the drawing power. He's got all the pay per view buys behind him. He is the star or you know, the attraction, so to speak. So if if, if Crawford's going to do this, he needs to. He, he's he's prone to slow starts. He's got to start quicker. Keep on the gas. Can he can he be having doubts going to, uh, into that fight actually? Because you remember the the Sean Porter situation when he's like mouthing off the corner, thinking the judges had Porter up on the cards, and he's like, "Really, him up in the card?" And they came out and they stopped the fight actually. Then in, in the next round, doesn't need any of that shit. Just get in, do the business straight away, get right off on 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 the front foot immediately. Because I think if he starts too slow, before he knows where he's three or four rounds down, then he's up to chase it. And then it just takes Spence to win three rounds over the over the course of the next six, and he's a winner. So a uh, fast start, and I think Crawford could probably do it. But it's 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 got all the hallmarks a classic. This I really think it has got a, a possibility at some point to kick off properly and have it's a right. Too, good they're too proud fight. and stubborn. The two yeah. but not to. They've got to be good. And I think it's both are decent hitters. I. People are saying that, uh, that Spence's power is more thudding, it wears you down, whereas Crawford is quite deceptive with his power because of the speed of some of his shots and the, with the angles they can come up with them. They can, you know, they're, they're quite frightening, they're, they're quite powerful, and they kind of way he knocks them out as well. I've never seen Spence knock out someone properly clean since Bundu, I don't think. And you know how far back that goes back in his career, eh? mm. just, just on, on the offhand. No, he breaks you down, doesn't he, from angle? He does. And obviously we did the Brook in that as well, obviously as well. So mm-hmm. but again, they're no peak anymore. Or Spencer I don't think it's at his peak anymore. But we'll soon find out. We'll soon find out. Again, we don't need the judges, we don't need a shit referee or shit judges, let the guys bang it out. And I think we'll I think we'll get it. Um but I'm gonna be flim flamming on my on my on, on my pick because I could easily see Spence get 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 the nod here. If he's on his feet and if it's close, he probably gets the nod. But I'm going to say with Crawford on points, close, but probably controversial as well. Crawford on points for Andy. Chris Butler says definitely going the distance. I I think MB says bud all day long. Chris Butler Crawford split. Yeah, most people are going for for Crawford. Crawford late stoppage. If Crawford stops him, it's going to be through a hell of a battle, in my opinion. The amount of people who are saying uh, as if he's going to go through Spence like a knife through butter, I just do not see that at all. Well, Spence Steve- is a hard bastard, like. Well, Steve, you you do have to consider. I like. I, I think it's you know Spence, durable fighter, top level fighter. And when you get into the top top levels of boxing, the stoppages obviously the number of them just falls off a cliff. You know, uh, skill versus skill gets much more difficult at that point in time. Uh, but since picking off his first title against Ricky Burns, only two fighters have gone the distance with Terence Crawford. Can you name them? Um, uh, Jerry John was one of them, or nope. Hank Lundy. 
Benavides. Nope. No, he got into the twelfth, but he didn't get stopped. Postol. Yep. Um, let me think. He was fighting to keep his his uh, immigration status. So. Oh, um, Beltran. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that carried Correct him me. through. That carried <laughs> him through. Um, I forgot he even fought him. All right, so you so that's that's something to consider. Okay, that's that's a very very big deal. That uh, you know, only two guys in his in his title reign have lasted the distance, and uh, you know he was you know even though uh, he was able to ultimately take out Ugas. I think Ugas had some recency bias, Steve. You got to kind of look at that. That went over Pacquiao where his legs were just dead. Um, really made Ugas look like a better fighter than he actually was. Well, Michael Thompson says Crawford is a boxer tricks. Way too good. Why is he way too good, man? I think that's that's too much for me, to be honest with you. I don't see much between name, them. Name a punch that Terrence Crawford hasn't stopped somebody. Yeah, but way with. too good? Like for Spence, effectively, way too good. Name a punch that Terrence Crawford hasn't stopped somebody with. I mean, other than a jab, obviously. Uh, the dodgy gloves. That, yeah, that was, uh, well, you, you, are you going to credit, Crawford's sorry, an amazing credit fighter. The, actually, are you going to credit the uppercut or the hook for Crawford's that? Crawford's an amazing fighter. I don't debate it. I just don't see that much between the two of them, to be honest with you. Like, I don't see it being a one-sided fight myself. Yeah. Like others might, might disagree. I, I don't know. What, what, what does the other, uh, Matt say the superior Matt think of this fight? Well, well Matt slippery butters is on the call here. Go on yeah. then. Jump on in there. Uh, you're, you're right guys. Can you hear me? All right. Oh, we can hear you. All right, go ahead. Perfect. Um, I, I don't think I'm going to add anything more than what's already been said, but I'll give it a go with, uh, you know, my, my usual casual opinions. Um, to be honest, I, I have to agree with the rest of the lads. I just think, I, I don't think it will be a wide fight either way. I think it will be distance, um, but I just think Crawford will just have that little bit more um, to take it, in my opinion. Um a lot of what swerved that for me is really what what is kind of lacking in Spence. I take a lot from the fact that, you know, he hasn't fought since Ugas back in April last year. You know, there's still question marks around the car accident. There's still question marks about, you know, where he's really at, his activity. I think he's taken a lot of time out of the ring, too much time for me. Whereas, you know, Crawford, you know, there might be questions about, the sort of people he's fighting, you know, Avenician, etc. But like at the very least, he's staying active, uh, relatively active at least, and you know, putting on demolition jobs against these guys. And you know, I just think, I, I, I just think Crawford has that extra gear that he can go through. You know, it, it the, uh, uh, the the Porter fight was mentioned earlier with uh, with Crawford when he was told in his corner. You know, you're down on points. Now we can argue whether or not he actually was, or what the judges' scorecards were at the time. But the point is, he was told that he was down on points. He went out there, got into another gear, and finished the job. That is, you know, that that is a true great um, mentality that okay. you can just switch on and just get the job done. And I just think, and I just think that something similar is going to happen here. You know, Spence is probably going to. Not necessarily sweep the first half of the fight, but I think he's going to start faster because I, I don't think Craw you know, Crawford is kind of known for, for not for being a bit of a slow starter. I think Errol will probably take some of the earlier rounds. Um, and I just think after a certain point, Crawford will just be told, you know, you're going to have to start throwing. You're going to have to start getting some more activity. 
and that switch is going to go off in his head and he's just going to dominate. Like I say, I think this is going to be a distance fight, a very close fight, but one that, you know, is quite close but clear for Crawford. One of those sorts of decisions. And it's just, oh, God, it's, it's going to be a really good fight. I'm. This is one of those few times that I might, I'm actually considering buying the pay-per-view. I'm, you know, me, I'm pulling a Matty here. I'm going to buy the pay-per-view potentially. And it's actually good. It's actually good to see this being advertised properly. Mm. I was watching the UFC last night. Sorry, sorry for mentioning the UFC. By the way, the Ooh. boxing pub. But, we'll bleep uh, that out. <laughs> on the yeah, yeah. Uh, I was watching it, and in between all the fights on TNT, they were advertising the Spence, you know, pay per view. And I was chatting with some of my my uh, casual mates about it, and uh, you know, trying to like really sell them on the fact that this is a really good fight. And uh, I, I just. I, 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 it's just good to see that this is actually getting some push by TNT, you know, the or BT, whatever you want to call them now, you know, and, you know, in, in, in the name of TNT, I do think this will be quite explosive. So, yeah, one to stay up for, for certain, if not, if not wake up at whatever time it's going to be, four in the morning. But, yeah, absolutely, it's going to be a fantastic fight, lads. Matt, you weren't here for the UA Fulton fight, so I am keen on your opinion on that, but also the wider picture. I think it was either Matty or Andy mentioned pound for pound earlier. Where does that fit in during the week? Like, is it what have you done for me lately? Is it the winner of which respective fight? Maybe the weight is against Fulton out of the four of them. If he were to win, maybe wouldn't go top. But where, where do you see the pound for pound ending up between the quartet of fighters? Yeah, yeah, it's, it, it's, a, it's a good question, actually. And I, I said it earlier in the chat, um, if Inouye does a job against Fulton, I, actually, I'll go, I'll go, I'll go a step backwards. I actually think that Inouye Fulton is a bit of a sleeper fight, and I actually think it has the potential to be the better fight if mm. Inouye comes out and puts on a puts on. If he ends up stopping Fulton, then I, I think we we that has the potential to be the fight of the week. Actually, and and, and you know, obviously, it's. It's going to be small margins picking out the better fight between you know uh, this fantastic quartet, as you're saying. But yeah, I, I actually do think that it has the potential to be the better fight. Um, anyway, uh, going back to the question, going back to the question about uh, the pound for pound. If Inouye stops Fulton, then he is number one pound for pound for certain. No, no, no question for for me yeah, at I least. If Crawford. If Crawford stop stops Spence, then he'd probably still be number two if in a way does the same to Fulton. That's my honest opinion. And the reason the reason why I say that um is, is just because of what I mentioned earlier, the fact that Spence has been inactive, there have been these question marks about him in the past. Whereas with Fulton, you know, he Inouye's coming up in weight, 122 pounds, cleared out, uh, cleared out uh, the the other weight division. It's coming up against an elite fighter in Fulton, by the way. This isn't, you know, this isn't some random guy. This is an elite fighter. It's just a shame that it's an elite fighter against, you know, what what I think is a pound for pound great. Uh, you know, one of the an all time great of the lower weight divisions in Inouye. So I I do think if Inouye puts on a show against Fulton, and stops him. He'll be the one at the top of um, the pound for pound list. So, uh, whereas if Crawford stops Spence, I'd still probably put him at number two, to be honest. Yep. 
Fair assessment from Matt Butters there. Although, he, it's oh, funny. When you go, Matty? No, 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 never mind. No, I was just going to mention the you guys fight. Um, I've I seen some of the highlights now uh, on YouTube. I was just kind of going through some of the, the build-up stuff and that as well. Forget that you guys actually even touched this guy up to the body, Spence. So another thing to watch out for as well. Obviously on the inside, um, if Crawford does manage to get some of those uh, body punches home and that. So just want to keep an eye out for I just think he would look to be kind of uncomfortable and he'd be basically, he wouldn't fire back. He would be happy to kind of sit, sit behind the, mm. the high guard and kind of flinch the body back when the kind of body shots came in. So want to want to keep an eye out for. Absolutely. And Mark Wharton says, got to go for Crawford. Spencer's had to listen to Joshua speaking nonsense every day in this camp, which is actually a fair <laughs> assessment and intangible that we maybe haven't taken into consideration. MB. Just standing at the fucking side of the <laughs> ring during sparring. Champ, champ! Yeah, yeah. Errol, I'm heavy. <laughs> Throw him like Rocky! Throw him like Rocky! You're ten was... and a half stoned! I don't know if anybody caught up with the, the build-up show, episode two, actually. Joshua actually makes an appearance in it. And uh, obviously, I think uh, Errol trains in Texas. It must be roasting there because Derek James is actually complaining that it's too hot. He wants to go outside in the shade and train rather than sit in the gym, eh? So uh, I wonder how Joshua's uh, freaking finding the heat out there, man. He's going to uh, come in about flipping 11 stone. <laughs> exactly, <laughs> man. I'm not heavy it's anymore. It's, it's like fucking 110 degrees. And Texas. <laughs> that's that's Vegas. what you're doing there, Matty. It's so so he'd be probably spending time in Dallas at Spence's training camp, and then they probably also are, are doing some work in Vegas. And both of them have been like between 100 to 110 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what the exact Celsius is, like probably somewhere around like 50. I think that's it. It's 43 degrees. Holy, oh, well, there you go. The heat is on, boys. Uh, anyway, MB says we have seen Crawford... dry heat there as well. Too. Oh, it would, it would be uh, it's a fucking oven down there. It's like being in a fucking oven. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've seen Crawford hurt on more occasions. To be to be fair, also Sean Porter was talking about something on one of the YouTube channels, saying that Spence uh, fights hurt quite well. You know, whenever you hurt him, he does seem to get through it quite well. So I don't know. They've both been hurt in the past to the head and especially to the body in Spence's case, as Andy mentioned. So you know, it's hard to take until we see them in, in against each other. Uh, Team Spence on points says Jason Cheel. Uh, Chase Athletics says Crawford by KO based on re- recent mathematics. Spence went the distance with Mikey. Uh, Ames, tell me about their respective trainers and where they fit in. Derek James, he's the flavour of the month. Against Bomac, who's been sampling every flavour of the month by the looks of him. I think the, the two fighters at this stage is... <laughs> that, was their good, respect- that was good. <laughs> <laughs> Just thought of that one. Uh, their respective careers. Trainer input maybe isn't going to change the outcome too much, Ames, I wouldn't have thought, with this level of experience on display. Maybe I'm wrong. What do you think? Yeah, in the case of Crawford, look, Bomac, outside of... From what I remember of the fighters he's worked with outside of Crawford, he hasn't really found that same magic that he has with Crawford. Now, whether that's to say, look, he may might just be a fighter who works with one fighter and he's guided Crawford to where he is and he should get the credit for that regardless. And, you know, if it doesn't work with another fighter, then fair enough, it doesn't work with another fighter. We're talking about a very high IQ level fighter. Not many fighters can replicate it on that level. But like other fighters that he's worked with, Amir Khan, look, he got Khan toward, you know, at the end of his career when Khan was a shell of whatever Khan was. So can he really be judged on judged on those type of fights? But really, he should kind of be judged on his work with, with Crawford. And he's brought Crawford into a position where, you know, he's he's, he's up there with, with, and potentially will be up there with the greats when all is, is said and done. Derek James is, um, 
your career so far as a trainer speaks for itself with the amount of fighters he's worked with and is currently worked with. Don't really need to go through all of them, but Derek's a lot more accomplished in in what he's what he's bought to 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 bring into his fighters where he's got to them to and also improving his fighters as well. We'll, we'll, Trainer we'll see what as well, isn't it? Yeah, Train, yeah. But we'll, we'll see what happens with Ryan Garcia. That'll be an interesting one to another string to maybe Derek James's bow when you know of the little clips that we see online. You we see. Ryan Garcia's finally got his like hands up to protect his chin, uh, working with uh, Derek James in the, the last few weeks that he's been working with. But look, of the two fighters, you, if you were to ask me who I'd want in my corner, I'd probably want Derek James, just the more accomplished fighter of the two. Um, but it's a difficult one. They're going to earn their stripes, like even more so in this fight. The the most one of the most interesting points and factors in the fight is. That the that the minute in between rounds and the the advice that they're given because they these two can equally affect the fight from the outside as much as they can from inside too. Um, but yeah, just just throwing in my points uh, on the fight, like uh, as previously mentioned, uh, I don't really buy into the effects of the car crash stuff. Like obviously, I <laughs> I'm buying to the fact that the car crash ha- definitely happened. Well, but... do you think it didn't happen, Liam? This, <laughs> no, is, this, no, is, this is interesting. Go on, <laughs> conspiracy theory. Oh, Rob's going to hear us, man. He will love it. <laughs> but look, like. At least, you know, we no, there's no lasting damage that's really been evident. It's like not really quantifiable, and it may be even unfair unless some total capitulation happens on Spencer's part in the fight uh, against Crawford. But how much of that would you be taking away from what Crawford or whatever Crawford does in the fight on the night? Uh, you feel like, or at least I feel like, any lasting damage would have been evident by now. In like Danny Garcia is an elite level fighter, but he's a world class fighter. One for sh- world class one for sure, and he's he might be his you know one one dimensional fighter, but I think he'd find that last damage, damage he'd find at out that level. He would, yeah, he would have found that out as would the Ugas. So it's hard for me to really kind of you know really kind of buy into this car crash kind of thing. For me, like if anything's kind of changed post car crash, like his his form is a little bit just that little bit blotchy, just that little bit fluid. It's kind of hard to kind of put into words, but. I think maybe I might be making this up. I might remember this wrongly or whatever. My wires might be crossed, but maybe you were saying in the aftermath he couldn't like close his hand properly or his hand kind of closes, closes a little bit differently. Um, maybe that's been remedied or whatever. I said something in my head kind of. Had to get um, his teeth all kind of re implanted. Yeah. And then you guys knocked them all out again. That's yeah. right. But, you, but yeah, you just got, like, had him doing a funny dance now, but it makes right. me think that he can, you know, as our. A wee bit of fragility there that he didn't have before because he, he got thrown at the roof of a sports car at 100 and whatever mile an hour across a freeway. Which says he can take a shot. He can drive hurt. <laughs> yeah, but the body doesn't, doesn't forget that abuse. You know what I'm saying, mate? You know, the organs and or the, the, you know, the bones and. The Which brain, I think he's uh, uh, touching on what Ames you were saying there as well. I, he, I think he looks awkward it, on I, the back. He looks he has a, a robotic look about him. I think like maybe he's got like iron rods implanted or something into him now. But maybe, but maybe you know you know fighters get back injuries and stuff. Maybe it's just old age. How much of that is age? You know, just mm. as much as it could be part of part of the car crash. The more the more pressing issue for me of the two is the retina, knowing the sport and. That's yeah, the bigger worry because eyes injuries and such happen throughout the sport. You know that's the factor that I'd be looking at in the fight. And Crawford being an accurate puncher that he is, no doubt they'll be looking to target um, the eyes of, uh, of of Spence throughout the fight. 
we it's very interesting actually. We 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 put out a poll on seconds out the community tab, and it's nearing seventy two thousand votes. It's split fifty fifty. But to add to that, also in my own personal experience, outside of a few in the chat, I haven't spoke to many other people than myself. They're actually picking Spence. Um, so yeah, I, I'm going with Spence in the fight. I love that like the mind games have started, and Spence has kind of picked up the dub already. I know it's only like small, but at the top, like these wins, you pick them up throughout the fight week, and they're important. Spence has got that already with the the hot sauce thing, which is the befuddled Crawford. Uh, as to know, as to how he knows he doesn't eat hot sauce, uh, but he won't befuddle Crawford on the night. But what he what he will do is like crowd Crawford. Crawford for me is in in his fighter profile. From what I kind of look at, his main attribute is he's excellent in terms of his control of distance. You fight on his terms, and I think Sp Spence counters that with like educated pressure and activity, which mostly backfoots Crawford, allowing Spence to kind of break him down throughout the fight. A couple of small dents in Crawford's game in his career, Kowalowski's being the one where it was a, sort of like a knockdown and then a slip, and then Crawford was like, you know what, so what if he did knock me down? I got to him, didn't I? But kind of half a minute, like it was a knockdown. So Crawford can be got to, and I think he will be got to. A lot will kind of as well you know, depend on who is actually the naturally bigger guy. I remember when Khan fought Crawford, and this was the fight where people were saying, like, Khan's going to be that bigger guy in the fight. And then when it came to the actual fight night, the size was on Crawford's side completely. Crawford was the bigger of the two dwarf in Khan. Now, size, sure, wasn't the only reason as to why, and the deciding reason as to why Crawford beat Khan on that night, but it might be a big reason in this one. And we won't fully know that until like the fight, or at least seen on the scales as well, where we can get kind of get a, a, a scope for it. But for me, I think like I think activity and pressure for me is the key for Spence, and I think that's how he how he wins the fight by backfooting Crawford on points, um, but kind of just just crowding him throughout the fight. Interesting, interesting from Ames there. Before we go to Joe Kennedy, the Dr. FMG says Spence to get off the floor to earn a draw, which is certainly one way of looking at it. Spence inside game is arguably the best in the game. Des says, no way. I think he was disagreeing with somebody else, by the way, not necessarily the doctor. No one in the world takes a liberty with Spence. It'll be a hard fight. Yes, but for me, Buddy's fitter, stronger and just in that better place. Joe, you mentioned something in the private chat there. About MB, good point, uh, saying that Bomac is only one of three trainers, just the biggest by far. There's quite a lot of voices in Crawford's corner. Uh, Crawford has been shot in the head in the past, as someone reminded me in the chat there. He's a checkered past, it seems. All right. <laughs> I think uh, he, uh, where, where he's from in Omaha, Nebraska, is not the... the you wouldn't mess with him, would you? Nah, it's rough as a bear's arse for him there. And, uh, he, he, I said before he's one You wouldn't fuck about with his cars anyway. Make sure his cars are in tip-top shape. <laughs> they want him visit your garage. He'd be a great man for a tag team. If, you, if you're ever in a, a tough spot with a few boys about to lump, lump the head off, you, he'd be the perfect man to kind of come in and, and help you out. He's just got that natural kind of street fire thing about him, I think, but uh, um, yeah, I can't wait for the fight. Like I, I said to you last week, uh, Steve, I can't really believe that it's here as well. I know. Oh, you know, after all. Well, it's not here yet, Joe. I'm touching my head as it's being touched wood, like, you know what I mean? But uh, yeah, it's... Rob's it, not here either. It's a good... It's... it's you know, I think uh, Matt Butters made a good good point in the chat that we just want to hope that Spence isn't driving to the to to back and forth to the stadium all week. Like he said, hopefully he has his driver sorted. But um, no, no. Once we get there on Saturday, it's going to be an amazing fight, and I think it's as close to the fifty fifty as you can get. Really, I'm not going to say forcefully one way or another. I think um, 
the longer that Spence can keep it at distance, I think the better for him. I think if they start exchanging, I'm not sure I fully agree with Dr. FMG's analysis on the, the inside game of Spence. I think it's definitely good, but um, I think that if they do get into exchanges early, I can see Crawford having the better of it. And uh, I think if I was Spence, I'd be trying to keep it at distance with his jab for as long as possible. Staying away for as long as possible. The boys are throwing their chat, uh, their their viewpoints into the chat. Rob's staying away as long as possible. <laughs> we're, we're on trying. a Spence Crawford weekend, we would have seen him by now, hopefully. Oh, well, I don't know. I've just texted him, man. Well, this is me... outrageous. I cannot believe it, man. The, one of the guys who cried the most about this final happening, and it's almost like a week, less than a week away. And he's not here. <laughs> Hold on. Since, since we got some knowledgeable guys on here, let me go to the potential dark side of the sport here and travel Ooh. down this journey with me, gentlemen and lady. Well, ladies. My, my girlfriend listens to the podcast, too, actually. Ooh. So Holly and my girlfriend. So we got two female listeners. Good for us. Um, so, if you look and they have the rematch clause, regardless who wins, right? Either fighter can enforce that. What is the best way to keep the shine on both of these fighters? A draw. If this fight goes the distance and is close, it behooves the boxing industry to make it a draw. Like, And, and if it legitimately could be scored a one, more the all the better off if it's actually close, but if it's leaning one way or the other, don't be surprised if you if 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 uh, if you get that draw card and it just seems to be the way way it works. And if you look at it, the incentives are all there. Um, I I think Bud needs a knockout if he doesn't want to walk out of there with the draw. Interesting. Do we know who the referee and the judges are by any chance? I was trying to Google it there, but you can never find out. Does anybody know in the chat know? I found out the Inuay Fulton ones, but... Let's see, I'll have a quick look. I had a look on BoxRec, it's not listed. I know they do it during the week of the fight, so it probably may be dropped tomorrow, or... Anybody in the chat know? Um... Don Trella, Adelaide Bird being thrown in? I have no idea. No. I just put an officials Crawford Spence and it says Crawford Spence is official. Yeah, oh, that's what I got to. Oh, oh my... <laughs> Come off it, man. Isn't that helpful? I wanted type to in, know because type I in could... judges, type in Crawford Spence <laughs> judges, and 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 get uh, more specific. Well, let's that. let's just be fair, or let's just be open here. We didn't want Tony Weeks. That's one thing we didn't want. No, don't want him. Kenny Bayless. Kenny, we don't need him as well. No. Mark Nelson. Mark Nelson can jog on as well. Um, what about that guy who's the flavor of the month? Um, oh, uh, oh, Willis. How about those no, other funny? No, not Willis. There's another up. fella. Harvey Dock is pretty good. If they yeah, and and, and, lot, and and they've yeah, been struggling right, getting, yeah. uh, they've been struggling getting referees that are agreeable uh, recently. So they've been getting uh, some uh, refs from other states. So yeah. I, I don't know. It it isn't entirely impossible that you'll see a uh, a non normal uh, uh, judge for a Las Vegas. Thomas fight Taylor was up. the guy I was thinking of. Matt Butters put it in the chat. Thomas Taylor. Taylor's not bad. <clears throat> well, Michael, bad. the Canadian fellow who done the AJ Ruiz fight, Michael something. For me, where's my head at, man? Can I just oh. say something, by the way? I just want to say something. I, th- I, th- I think the, the referee can't be white, man. It'll probably be a black referee. Got to be. Think so? Can I have a, oh, I can't have a white referee fucking this up. Like. What about a female referee? Well, they referee? can't claim that he's racist. They're both black guys. <laughs> Sparkle <laughs> Lee, man. That's what we need. Well, that fellow who's got like the impe- the, the the limp, the, the impediment. <laughs> no, man, Kenny yeah, so Jack Kenny. Reese is, Jack Reese is the getting the job, man. <laughs> 
Yeah. No, fuck no, don't Jack Reese. Don't no way. <laughs> Absolutely. Man. I tell you what though, if Kenny Bayless gets the job though, man, Spence is guaranteed winning it without doubt. Just, just they even bore watch that. They even bore even put money on that fight, man. But Bayless is going to sure. Richard Steele. Need to get Richard Steele out of retirement or death? Is he is he alive still? I don't know. Richard Steele. I'm not sure. Richard Eddie Cotton. Steele. I think he is. Oh, Richard Steele, I hate that's someone who um, stopped Meldrick Taylor with four seconds. Oh, that's right, absolutely, yeah. David Palmer, not for ref, but he's thrown in a fiver in the Super Chats. He says, Crawford points or late stoppage. Spence is relentless but robotic. Crawford will figure him out and pick him off towards the end. Well, yeah, that could well, well happen. That could happen. I think Danny Young's going to do a nutter's calling on the night of the fight. So during the Liam Davis, Jason Cunningham fight. So if you want to get over to patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum, Matty, well, you don't have to do that, of course, because you can just jump on whenever you please. I think Danny's going to do a call in, or if not, I might do one. So we can have a look during the fight week and pretend that we've watched the way in and done some deep fight and some deep throat analysis like Linda Lovelace and say, oh, so-and-so, so-and-so <laughs> looked tense at the press conference, you know, like we're amateur psychologists, Matty. Why not the live commentary for Cunningham against Davis? Oh, well, we could do that. We'll all be at yeah, different just, times and, and different bet, zones. Yeah, that always go. works out well. I appreciated <laughs> you spoiling that one fight for me. I'm trying to remember what one it was. I'm like, God fucking damn it. I didn't know he was going down. <laughs> oh, dear. Right, okay, yeah, Danny's going to do that. And if not, I'll do it. So let's go around the uh, panel who's on at the moment. And then we'll make our final picks, final predictions. Until Saturday evening, things might have changed. And then we might make another pick once we've seen the way in the press conferences, see who's looking tight at the weight, etc. First one to you, Andy. Final summation as of now. Obviously, feel free to jump on a Saturday night if you wish, if you have any different thoughts and feelings. But as of now, Sunday evening, 10 o'clock, what, who are you going for and by what method of victory? Spence. What? Uh, sorry, sorry, Crawford, sorry. <laughs> Crawford, I, was, I, was just, I was just reading something there, just reading about the, the referee stuff. We'll try to find out who the referee is, mate. Uh, Crawford uh, decision. Um, I agree with the part of the last take that was just read out there. And that I can see Crawford uh, picking it up down the stretch. Um, but I think both guys, as you say, Steve, pride, ego, I think they're too good still at this point. Not to have a bit of, bit of a humdinger here down the stretch. We want to see some action as well. Skills pay the bills. We all know it. But I think at some point we need something here to kind of say this guy was the better man on the night. And I think that will be Crawford. I think if it comes right down there, didn't the guts it? I think Crawford will be the stronger man of the two in the end. Points or stoppage? Points, Crawford. Of course, Matty, as you make your pick as well, I've sort of poo-pooed the stoppage a little bit. Don't see anybody getting stopped. I don't. But, of course, they're both pride, uh, very prideful men, both very stubborn. They're going to go at it. They've got the dog. They're going to go into the trenches, which, of course, could leave someone to overstep in their boundaries overstepping the mark, and indeed getting knocked out early. That could happen. That uppercut is there for Spence. I I, I don't discount that uh, as, as a possibility. Uh, just just to make a little run here, just uh, some things from the betting markets I think are interesting. Oh, yes, go ahead. DraftKings. Yes, cool. So Terrence Crawford right now, and I'm sorry, I, I don't know all of, I, I don't want to do fractions in my head and do conversions right now, so bear with me with the American lingo. Uh, Terrence Crawford is a minus 155 figure, favorite right now, meaning you'd have to bet 155 to win 100. Uh, uh, Spence paying plus 120, have to bet 100 to win 120. Uh, 
the uh, it, it's look they're agreeing with you, and it's odds are it's probably going the distance. Just uh, pay, it's just a little bit less than one to two, uh, if you're if you're looking for the fight to go the distance. But all of that said, you get down into the odds. Uh, the they as far as the most likely uh method of victory here is Crawford plus one seventy five uh for decision. Spence plus two ten. So both of the seeing both of those likely. But when you get into the uh the uh, the stoppage, Steve, that's where there's obviously a noticeable difference. Crawford paying just a little bit less than three to one to win by stoppage, with uh with Spence paying about uh would that be eleven to two to get the stoppage. Uh, so there's a big difference there. So they're saying if someone's getting a stoppage, it's probably going to be Crawford. And then when you get into them looking at the rounds, uh, Crawford to win in round seven through 12 is uh, nine to two. And uh, the, uh, the best looking six rounds you're getting on Spence. Uh, well, I mean, you're getting good odds on it is what would that be? That'd be uh, nine. That'd be 19 to two. Uh, to win in the back half of the fight. Uh, not good odds on either of them to win in the front half of the fight. Um, the, draw, the draw over here, just checked here in Willie Hills, the draw over here is 14 to 1. Yep, same thing, which is a little bit close on the men's side of things uh, compared to usually. Most of the time you see it a little bit wider than that. Uh, so Crawford is definitely the favorite. Uh, very close to whether he could win on decision or uh, or knockout, though comparatively, when you when you look at it uh, comparatively. So I I got to say uh, I I'm leaning Bud by stoppage, but I've been a Bud fan for a long time. But when you're looking at a streak, it's pretty incredible. Recency bias, uh, you know, not really there because he's just been storming through everybody. First man to uh, stop many of the opponents on his ledger. Uh, the first man to stop Sean Porter. Uh, you uh, uh, saw Errol Spence was able to put him down, uh, not able to finish the job, not even close. That fight actually going to a split decision. Some people might look at that a little bit weird. I don't think uh, the, uh, that Porter did enough, obviously. But nonetheless, somebody there did. This is definitely a more diminished uh, version of Errol Spence uh, in comparison to what you'd be looking at with Crawford, who at 35 years old is definitely not at his best, but having seen him live uh, and and seen him on uh, in just through his career and watched intently, Crawford is not that far off of the best that he's ever been. Uh, he does know how to keep that jab active uh, if, if need be. I do worry about the uppercut because Kavalaskas did catch him with a good one, but uh, the feeling on here is if it goes to the cards, it could very well be the draw, but I think that Crawford, uh, he's not one to play the role of company man and he's going to be there to try to get the knockout late and is that where you're going for then yeah oh yeah are you going to put money down on it you have a little cheeky parlay i said one going from a while ago so we'll see how that goes i need fulton and uh crawford to win okay there we go there we go Right, Ames, I think you're the only person who's sort of siding with me. Thank you very much for that. I don't feel too out of uh, place here on the panel then. Um, final prediction, please. Yeah, I have no, cl- no clue what Matty just said in that five minutes. All that betting jargon goes straight all over my head. But speaking of, speaking of jargon, I thought I'd just quickly search up all the boxing cliches heading into this fight. And this is a modern-day Hagler Hearn, so don't blink because either fighter can end the fight. It's a must-win fight of the year written all over it. Well, Eddie had been his best, I think. They're daring to be great between the two of them. Uh-huh. Um, that's all I've got. So, yeah. I, is IFL the one pushing those, uh, those quotes, mate? No, I, just, I literally just threw it out on Google just to see what everyone was saying. <laughs> but um, 
yeah, no, it's it's Spence for me to to win the fight. I, I think in the how it plays out, first few rounds, I think Crawford's natural cageness will be his detriment with Spence kind of being the one to really push the fight, and he kind of with his activity kind of racks up the points. Then Crawford kind of gets into a bit more of a gear through the mid rounds. He might he, he might hurt Spence throughout the fight, but I just think Spence dogs this out and dogs. Doesn't dog walk Crawford in any sort of way, but I think he, with activity, he wins this fight on a split. I think it's a split decision win for Crawford, but I think it, for Spence, sorry, but I think he gets the nod. The uh, nod for Spence frames there. MB uh, joking, saying these two really don't like each other. Obviously, that's what the the beef would say on the YouTube. But I completely disagree, Joe. As you make your summation, I think these two actually do like each other and they seem to get on well. It's a bit of forced beef. Yeah, there's definitely respect between the two of them, um, and the 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 hot sauce thing was definitely a pretty funny moment. Um, it was good to see Crawford getting in Derek James's face as well from the get go. I think, I think there's definitely respect between the two camps, um, and I, I, I think, um, I just, I think it'll be uh, cagey enough early on, like like Andy mentioned. I think a couple of people have said that Crawford will probably start slow and. If he does do, do that, I think that would definitely be to his detriment because um, Spence with the jab and the fundamentals could just rack up the points early. And I think that if Crawford has to start, like you know, jumping in and uh, reaching in, that he'll he'll get picked off by Spence as well. I think that he'll need to keep competitive throughout and then hope to get him down the stretch. But I, I think it's I think Maddie could be on on the money with a draw. I think I'm going to stick my neck out and put it on the draw as well. Oh, he's going for the draw. Uh, yeah, for think... a few quid, just to kind of parlay or whatever they say, Joe, or are you actually thinking it might genuinely be a draw? I think it might genuinely be a draw. I think it's, it's like it's close to 50-50 as you can get. Um, two excellent fighters. I think people, like, people have been overlooking Spence, I think, going into it. There's a lot more talk about, like you said, Crawford running through him like a bad dose. Um, I just don't see that happening. I think that, yeah, I think it's going to be razor close either way. And, and, and Crawford probably needs to win convincingly to win it on the point on points as well against the a side so yeah i think a draw is definitely within the realms i'll, I'll probably put a, a cheeky cheeky couple of quid on a parlay with that yeah lovely stuff and finally our guest matt butters of the boxing nutters prediction league what are you going for sir yeah i i've been i've been listening to the i've been listening to everyone and yeah you still have to go with crawford by decision i think um same same thoughts as before I think he's just got another gear to go through, and I think he'll show that on the night. And just got, just going quickly back to Matty's point about um, this might be a draw in order to get the next fight. I think even if this is a split decision victory for Crawford, say, or even for Spence, this is going to go straight to a second fight. If that's also a split decision, I think we we, we could have a trilogy on our hands here. And if all if all three turn out to be fantastic fights, this could be the trilogy of our um, this could be the trilogy of our generation, lads. So I'm looking forward to that. The rate these lot fight though, did you say our generation? I think it's going to probably spill into the next generation as well. <laughs> We'd probably all be in uh, in old people's homes by then, Steve. Yeah. Be on a Misfits card in 15 years. <laughs> I don't know about you, Matt, but I definitely will be. <laughs> <laughs> Lovely stuff. Uh, yes, thank you very much to the boys for joining us. Feel free to stick around for Belly of the Week, Joe, Matt, Ames, whoever else doesn't usually come on if you want. Uh, I'm going to make my prediction then just to close things out. 
as you probably know, I know I'm in the minority here, quite literally. There's one, two, three, four, five to two. I'm going for Spence on points or late stoppage. I think the fight's going to be immensely competitive. I rate both fighters very highly, but I just think Spence's jab, closure, distance, and his body attack is going to be the difference. And I think he'll be able to wear Crawford down and maybe even stop him, actually. I think he's a big 147 pounder. I think he's going to provide a reality check to the guys Crawford's fought before. And I'll go for more specific then so you can all rib me and take the piss next week. I'm going to go for Spence, 10th round stoppage. That's my prediction. Your hatred, your hatred for uh, Terrence no, Crawford runs not deep. All, not at all. Yeah, you're yeah. Hate. You're very transparent. <laughs> <laughs> I'm What's a faceless troll. <laughs> Rob, I don't know. <laughs> Rob can text. He can voice message him his prediction in or something. God, we always joked about Gabe being dead. Hopefully, Rob's fine. I, know, I was just about to say that. Boy, would we feel embarrassed. Maybe, <laughs> oh, Kelly. Oh, dear. Right, yes. Uh, so, if you want to have your say, the lines are closed now, so don't try and join the call uh, if you're not already on. But if you do want to have your say, we will be doing a Nutters call-in on the Saturday evening, which we'll put up straight after. So you can have a listen really late on Saturday evening on the SoundCloud or YouTube or whatever it goes on, or Sunday morning after the event. The boys will be jumping on with either me or Danny Young. And you can jump on too if you go over to patreon.com forward slash boxing asylum. A pound will do it for you. Okay, then let's move on to the belly of the week. Unless there's any other pressing matters that I'm forgetting. Matty, anything there out there? Any any fights next week? Any any talking points you want to raise? No, I think there's a Pro Box card on Wednesday. So uh, you guys will be able to check that out. Uh, on their free uh, platform on uh, YouTube on uh, Thursday morning when you guys get up. So uh, I don't know who's fighting on it, but uh, I believe it is happening. There you are, Pro Box card. We don't know who's on it, but it's going to be fun all the same. Matthew gets commission off of these Pro Box cards, doesn't he? (laughs) (laughs) It's how he funds the pay-per-views. They give him a a cheeky little $50 so he can buy the pay-per-views over his side. I think it's, he's the only person getting paid from Pro Box, to be honest with you, Ames. I'm not throwing out any aspersions here. It's $2 a month is all I pay for their fights. I feel like it's exceptional value. You know, dollar a card. Eh. And if yeah, and Ames. if you throw, throw a reference to them, they'll give you the $2 for free, right? Not yet, but that's a great idea. <laughs> if you sign up for Matty's um, recommendations yeah, Matty's on a Sunday link. evening, he gets an affiliate link. Yeah. <laughs> that's what I need. That's what I need. <laughs> An affiliate link there. Right, let's go on to Belly of the Week for episode 532. Steve's here, that's me, Andy's here, Matty's here. Two Matty's, in fact. Matty squared, you've got Matt Butters on as well. At the moment, Joe Kennedy and Ames is with us too. No sign of rapping Rob Kelly yet, unfortunately. Maybe he is off looking for UFOs or walking his dog. Or perhaps he could be down at Nathan Cleverley's church <laughs> down in Wales. They're having fun anyway over the weekend. Get yourself down there as the man himself uh, told us, just gone. Hey guys, it's Kasha and Nathan here. We are in Victory Church today when everything good is happening. Um, we have the Sacred Sexual Sacreds, you say, I think, Sexuality Conference. We're talking about the most important topic, which is sex. We're talking about our kids in school, about the education, about the gender and the sex. We're talking about the truth. It's been really good. We have deliverance. Um, you want to say anything, babe? Very good, very good course. Sacred Sexuality Conference. Uh, very good. Just lining everything up with the Bible, you know. What the Bible says about sexuality. Sex and marriage, and, and without the, the marriage. And defining it in a biblical way. It's, it's very good, very interesting. Holy. 
I'm here, guys. Every day for next three days till Saturday next two days. Ten o'clock in the morning. There is breaks. It's going through all day, and then the last. <laughs> The size of him. <laughs> Look at that face. It's like a ball. Dirty look in his face as well, isn't it? Like a, a, a guilty look in his face, I should say. <laughs> oh, you've got plenty to feel guilty about, old Clev there. Must have taken too many shots. Um, How can the Polish to... accent and the Welsh accent the same? <laughs> Sexuality is the same. <laughs> Get down to the church. Uh, Declan Graffin, shout out to him. He's throwing in 20 quid. He said Bud's going to smoke him. Oh, well, they are. Declan, going for it, 1999. He's thrown in the super chat. He's welcome to his opinion. Thank Put you. Put the pay per view cost in there, Steve. He is very committed. Yeah, absolutely. He is. Uh, team stream for Declan, allegedly. Not saying anything. If it's, anyway. it's pay per session, Matt, he's definitely going. <laughs> <laughs> Interestingly enough, I will be in the fight uh, in the uh, free suite of Mr. Uh, Donald Trellis. So. Uh... <laughs> Are you going to the actual fight itself, Matty? I might pick up a ticket. We'll see what's available. Don, did you see Donnie that wedding today with that suit that he's got on? If he goes out like <laughs> that, uh, I don't care if, the, he, if he's saying he'd pay for my meals. I'm, I'm not going you right with now, him. He, 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 he got dressed when he was during Triple or LSD. He had to be, man. Nobody gets dressed like that. And by the way, his wife needs to have a word with him, by the way. That's not acceptable to go walk at the house. Just like this man here. Look at what he's wearing. <laughs> Floyd. Yeah, I, I just think if Donnie's dressed like that, me and him are dining out together, people are going to get the wrong idea. So I'm not going to participate in such shenanigans. Fucking, he's dressed like Crocodile Tubbs oh, at the same time. Sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just one of them I just couldn't get on on time. It was fucking just one of them ones. Sorry about that. But anyway, I'm here now. He's here now. Just in time for... <laughs> nominations. Anyone any nominations, lads? Nothing for me this week. All right, good luck. See you next week. <laughs> Maybe Steve will let you bookend the show this week with your predictions. Uh, and uh, after we get out of the bellies, I think that might be fair. Oh, I certainly will. Don't worry. But what about <laughs> there's Floyd Andy getting dressed in a power cut, as you would say? I, I know, mate. That's like, you know, as a Isan Laurent. So it's probably like 10 grand that suit team. I still kind of buy you taste. Look at the state of that. It's, like, look, it's, just, it's just like he stood in front of a paint or something, just threw a paint at him or something. Looks like a 1980s art kid exploded on him. It must be the stance he's got, man. Somebody needs to have a word with that. Unacceptable. Unacceptable from Floyd. Who's going to tell him? Clearly nobody was hanging around with him anyway. A Tiafimo Lopez. Oh, here we go. Hatton's going to be kicking off again, Matty. My father makes my career harder than needed when he speaks about things without my knowledge. Do I get upset? Absolutely. However, he's the only one that ever believed in me in this cruel world. I support him for it, but not when it comes to business in boxing. Yeah, I think that's a pretty fair idea. Uh, he, uh, he, I think his dad has made some mistakes in his career, uh, but uh, who I'd really be uh, interested to hear his take on this father-related issue would be our good friend Haddam. So Haddam, what do you feel about this father and son relationship in boxing? Please tell us everything that you think about this. Again, Haddam, there's father-son related <laughs> boxing information here, and I'd like to get your take. We need to do a special on that sometime, I feel, Matter. Absolutely. Absolutely. And we absolutely. get people on different sides of it, and it, it'll be a great time. Like an episode <laughs> of Dr. Phil. <laughs> That's so this. nice that you I, took I feel, I feel bad for doing this. I <laughs> really ummed and Look at that time, man. What's he been doing? 
That's so <laughs> nice that you took that people that were with him out of that. I had to. I was going to scribble their face out, and all. I thought, no, I'm not going to put it on. I thought, no, I have to. <laughs> Sorry, Donald. It hasn't even. The truth is, I am as well, man. Jesus. <laughs> it looks he's like he's going life. to Easter service. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. Look, Tumble, somebody he, said he looks like. He looks like he's waiting for makeup and a hat, but he's going to be playing an old black woman in a movie. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, shout out to Donny. He's loving life. Could be worse. Could be Bomac. He can't even fold his arms. He's that big. Now, I was just thinking of this. Have you ever considered that somebody like Bomac might get to that size because women repeatedly kicked him in the dick and he thought to himself, man, if I just couldn't wear a cup every day, life wouldn't be so hard. And he was like, hey, I can grow my own cup. Get that picture of Donny back up again, Steve. Has he worked on that joke, like, or is that just fucking off the cuff? It's <laughs> shameful, anyway. You know, <laughs> fuck's sake. What, what are you thinking, Ames? He's like oh, the US God. equivalent of Mr. Bean in what I imagine to be Mr. Blobby's clothing. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, he's gone from my, he's gone from Miami Vice versus the Grinch stole Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> oh, see that tie by that tie looks like a heat map on a football pitch actually you think about it, eh? he, he, he looks like he's wearing clothes given to him from a church and he's uh, living in a halfway house right now and headed to his first job interview after years in the can <laughs> he looks like he could use, it, use a can actually as well right? he, look, he looks like he could looks like he could tell you how to get how to get to Sesame Street doesn't he <laughs> <laughs> he looks like an 80s SPL manager. <laughs> Donnie or, or David Price? <laughs> David Price. Suits on <laughs> Is that two suits that he just couldn't find the fucking... Is it two suits that he just like... Could only find the bottoms of one suit, or what the fuck was going on there? Like, I don't know. <laughs> he doesn't give a fuck anyway, Daddy, by the looks of it. So, good on him. Good man, Daddy. Was he wearing his feet just out of curiosity? Was he wearing like suede shoes or something? We like didn't that? get down that far, Andy. It was cut off, unfortunately. Good. He's got clown <laughs> shoes on. He's probably, <laughs> no, he's probably got Jesus sandals or something like that. You know? <laughs> he's loving life. He's loving life. Could be worse. Could be Bomac or Ryan Deal's interpretation <laughs> of the biggest loser with Dan. <laughs> And uh, old Johnny Fisher. See, see, see that polo shirt that might join me as man. It's like he, 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 he must have like twenty thousand of those, man. He's never got it off if he hasn't. He? <laughs> honestly, he's got me a fiddle on the menu as well. <laughs> I'd like to see somebody else put on his shirt that he's already worn and see what oh, the wear pattern is. Oh my, you kidding me, man? The smell of that. <laughs> So like, so, uh, I didn't even uh, think about that. It'll cling, yeah. it'll cling to you like, like like a clegg or something like that, you know. It'll just be <laughs> literally taking it off, man. You need to peel it off yourself and that. You know? The wind to catch hold of it, and you'd be off in the air. <laughs> why? Why? Why do like I smell like lunch in Beijing? Uh, <laughs> dogs be end up looking you know, like walking in the street. Cricket. I'm winning this week, Rob. You can't play your game in week, motherfucker. Uh, I'll tell you who else is winning. Eddie, don't call it a midlife crisis. I've been Men's here for health. years. He loves, <laughs> he loves men's health, doesn't he, Eddie? Uh, they, they don't get photographed in the same bedroom as, uh, as uh, you know who. Apparently so. He sent me, me his hat on because he couldn't get his plugs fixed. Up. 
He's had a bad week. Someone accused him of not paying him, which, to be fair, it's ba- wouldn't it's be a bad time for that tagline for him, in fairness, isn't it? With everything that's been fucking thrown around. <laughs> <laughs> Don't call it a midlife crisis. It's true love <laughs> is the next sentence. I've been here for years. <laughs> I just fucking said that two seconds ago, asshole. Oh, sorry. sorry. I went to go get a drink. I, I, I didn't expect your brilliance in fucking 15 seconds. Uh, listen. I missed it. If I had a euro for every time that someone said that to me. <laughs> well, Damo reckons that Eddie could soon be hitting Skid Row. <laughs> Which... <laughs> what the fuck is he chugging there? I mean, it's like Photoshop, but yeah. Is that like super cheap wine? I can't tell from the angle. It's yeah. Blossom Hill, Hills. You're talking about Hill. it's about five quid a bottle. Oh, oh well, fucking hey, that's that's good cheap wine. You could buy it with a Johnny seventy nine p. Yeah, coming in there now. Shout out to Johnny. Coming oh, in the can Johnny you buy an actual Johnny for seventy nine p anymore, Steve? I'm not sure to be honest. I'm not in that market anymore. <laughs> I know. Well, yeah. <laughs> Someone on the, is, is anybody decent, in the call here currently decent wearing the hydraulics condoms. removed? Condoms? <laughs> what is this? The eighties? Fucking relax. <laughs> roll the dice like everyone else. It's like COVID now. Nobody gets that. <laughs> Oh dear. Uh, the quote was kicking off, Matty, about um, Clarissa Shields has spoken out after influencer boxer Daniela Helmsley exposed herself following her win on the Kingpin card in Dublin on Saturday night. She says, Wow, this is a step backwards for women's boxing. Stop this shit. Get them out for the lads. If she had a pair. <laughs> Preach, sister. <laughs> I shout out to the quotes. Uh, Audley Harrison, I went to the gym today and after my weight session, I shadow boxed and completed some visualization of different opponents. From the top four, Usyk, Fury, Wilder, and AJ. Usyk was the easiest to figure out. Very similar to when I boxed Lesin. Strange phenomenon. I bet he never even threw a punch to in any of that session. <laughs> How is he figuring out his fight with Wilder? Did he not already fight Wilder? <laughs> Get absolutely <laughs> evaporated. He got aced in 90 seconds or something like that, you know? Oh dear. Oh, I've often done that myself, pick myself against the greats, you know what I mean, in my house in the sitting room when I'm on my own. Um no, J-Lo's I... the easiest to work out. More <laughs> 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 tricky. Oh dear. Uh, there's Ozzy jumping on the call. Good evening, oh, uh, Oliver. Oliver. How are you? Best for Lisbon. Ozzy well, with the fucking Anastagnite, he's on the call. This is new grounds. We're breaking Ozzy here. Portugal, he signed on twice. So good oh. he signed on twice. We need what? pictures, oh, Ozzy. Need pictures, we need live reporting. I'm currently stuck between two timelines, and one of me is in Portugal. <coughs> that debauchery, man. That could be pay-per-view gold. Oh, well. I was going to ask him his opinion on this. Uh, Steve Spevak, with a potential fight on the horizon with Josh Kelly versus Tim Zhu. Who would win? Oof. Sick. That, Josh Kelly for versus real. Tim Zhu, yeah. Everybody that hates this? Josh Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's true, but... Yeah, I think that one's only going one way, to be honest. We'll move on. Uh, Isak Lowe uh, looks a bit like Maxi Hughes, doesn't he? Folk. Yes. Josh Kelly not fucking winning, mate. <laughs> oh, it's okay. Sorry, mate. I've been absent for a few weeks. I've been very busy. I'm currently in uh, Lisbon on a spag do for one of my uh, good friends from Critics. But I've pulled away on a, uh, a very busy strip. Um, but few of very questionable characters. But I thought I'd jump on for A, Maxi Hughes was absolutely robbed in an, a disgraceful decision. And B, it's a boxing asylum and it's another country to tick off. Oh, yes, absolutely. Well done. 
Come here, paint you deep, mate. Farty, fucking many, mate. I've I've done about twelve twelve beers, and I'm now on fucking rum and cokes. Oh, stone hell for you, mate. You're gonna feel mate, great in the morning, Oz. That sugar, that sugar crash is gonna be amazing. It's already downhill. And when I saw Donald in, uh, he uploaded a picture to Facebook before in uh, <laughs> salmon pinos and a blot, uh, yellow razor. Yeah, yeah. Commented on it and praised it. I knew it was only one way downhill. <laughs> you going for Chinese, Aussie? Well, there's only one way to do that, and that's Big John style. So uh, why not, basically? Yeah, you're well, in Portugal. Mean, Catch your own prawns. Pork balls, sticking balls, sticking charming, uh, pork charming, and everything else. Big John style. Brilliant. Give us a quick prediction before you disappear, Ozzy. Um, Spence Crawford. I've, I've said it once, and I'll say it again. It's always about Terence, Terence Crawford. He's the better boxer. He's the better fighter. And I've said it from I said it from the off that if they're gonna box, it's all about Terence Crawford. He's the main man. He's the best in the division. Terence Crawford wanted this fight. Terence Crawford never backed away. Everybody can criticize him. Everybody wants to criticize his record. People do not want to box Terence Crawford. This is his big breakout fight. This is the one that he wins, and I think he schools Errol Spence, and I think he wins it by five or six rounds clearly. Okie doke. And what about Inua Fulton? Tough one. This is the closest fight of the week. Um, I have gone with Nayo anyway on decision. I'm purely going on the fact where it is. I think Stephen Fulton is very live in this fight. I think it's going to be very close. I'm talking two or three rounds in this at most. Um, Value-wise, I definitely want to back Fulton. You're talking two, three to one with the bookies over here, which is a disgraceful price in terms of they're just completely writing him off. But realistically, after seeing the Maxi Hughes decision as well from where he was three to one or just under and we have money on him and it was completely robbed, do you see Stephen Fulton getting a decision over there? Absolutely no chance. So I don't think anyway stops him. I think the work going up in the way, probably, I'm not saying it takes it out of him, but I don't think he, he stops Fulton. But I think it's a great fight. And I think I'm going in a way 115-113. Loving it, Ozzy. Anything else you want to throw in there before we let you go back onto your Portuguese bosh up? Um, a quick apology actually for not being there. I've had a, lo- a load on with cricket and other stuff. I was on Sky yesterday actually. You know, like I'm not not beginning old, but like Ooh. Big John Fisher. But yeah, I was on the uh, Sky Sports. But yeah, talking about the uh, local cricket scene. But I'll be back on next week. Um talking about all things boxing i have definitely missed it but yeah also that it's a shame i, I want to talk about maxi hughes more than anything that this is a guy that again what am i big on records are for djs this is a guy that has made you know he's had upsets he's lost and he's built his way back up and last night was this big breakout fight and it's an absolute disgrace the way he did not get that result he was a clear winner and I hope that IBF, which was the final eliminator, and the IBO do the right thing and overturn that decision. This was not a difficult fight to score at all. I am amazed at the judge that called it 117-111. It's not right. I just don't understand. And we've said it before and we'll say it again. These guys should be made to explain how they saw that fight at 117-111. Yes, there was a few scrappy rounds. 
but there was nothing that had it 117-111 George Cambosis. Maxi Hughes, he will definitely come again. I think they'll have a rematch without a doubt. I think George Cambosis is done at this apparent top level, which he was potentially never there at. Maxi Hughes will beat him in the rematch. And it's all about Maxi Hughes going forward, who deserves, in my opinion, to be challenging for a world title next. Yes, he's not a world champion at an RBO level, but I tell you what, he's done it the hard way. He's boxed everybody in the away corner. And last night he was robbed. And you can only feel for him because he was a worthy winner. And it takes a lot to unite boxing Twitter. And when everybody's coming together to say Maxi Hughes has won, you know it's the right decision. Ozzy, just finally, before we oh, let you go. Did you take Hughes in the Prediction League, Oz? I fucking did as well, which is the worst thing. Because I had Hughes on decision. So I was watching it. I was in the airport at half four. We were due to board at five o'clock and I was watching it coming through. And then I saw the decision come through later on and I was absolutely devastated. I had 30 quid on bloody Maxi Hughes in the Prediction League uh, in terms of betting-wise. I had him in the Prediction League and I thought, I can't not win. And then the fucking judges rob him. But, like I said, I, 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 I tell you what, anybody who backs, anybody who backs Maxi Hughes absolutely won and it's the judges who robbed him been there brilliant stuff Ozzy nice one for coming on we'll maybe catch you next week hopefully yeah Enjoy us. Like I, say, I, I apologise for not being on recently it's no all about uh, the cricket in the uh, summer but I just want to say I am topping the prediction league I don't know how at the moment but yes I uh, I got the new prediction league through and I was bizarrely top so follow my tips He's, Follow his you, tips, indeed. Absolutely, you are going to need uh, in a way to win if if you want to stay up there, because or you'd be off your tips. Well, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm hoping, to be honest, that we see a uh, a correct decision from where Maxi Hughes is awarded the win, because everybody agrees with it, apart from the uh, Cambosus winners who then need to look at it and just go, he clearly didn't win that fight. Do 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 the right thing, is what I say. When in boxing, it never happens. Well said, Oz. We'll catch you again next week. Enjoy Portugal, okay, dude? Cheers, fellas. Good man. All Bye. the best. Bye, Oz. God bless. Ozzy Smith there, everybody. That was entertaining, wasn't it? Enjoying himself out there. Slurring through the traditional route. Said he was on the other day. Join the queue, I say. Let's move on swiftly. There's Isaac Lowe. Focus and ready to go again after seven moths were back to work. <laughs> what he's throwing out there, old Isaac. But he seems to be enjoying himself. And nonetheless, uh, here's one for you, Andy. Josh Taylor, talking about begging for fights. In case you forgot, Simple Jack, it was COVID-restricted. Apparently, it was the, the fight between him and Ramirez was COVID-restricted. That's why it didn't get picked up on TV. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, it, was, it was picked up on Fight TV, wasn't it? Oh, was it Fight TV? Yeah, it was Fight end? TV. Was was oh, <coughs> oh, well. Uh, Manny Pacquiao will take on Muay Thai legend Buako. In January of next year, the fight will be contested over six rounds with a two-minute break in between each round with a weight limit of £155. And there's a belt on the line, the Legends belt, WBC Legends <laughs> belt here. There you go. Oh, they allowing shin kicks. They yeah, absolute bastards. Uh, oh, there's one for Ozzy I should have dragged up, shouldn't I? Boschenheimer. <laughs> <laughs> with Big John himself. I forgot I even had that one, didn't they? Boshenheimer. Oh, Jesus. Boshenheimer. <laughs> how, 
how to eat a Chinese. Few atomic bombs after the fucking Chinese. <laughs> oh man, I'm surprised the sewage systems are not fucking clogged and you know emanating of absolute fucking depths of hell with shit he must put them through the tubes. Uh, Keyshawn, shout out for him and the little experiment with the uh, ring walk. Spider-Man. Him up. Oh, they, did, they did the best they could. Uh, Matt Butters on the call, no less. Belly of the week for world-renowned referee Steve Gray. Please explain this one, Mr. Butters. What's this, what's this all about? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if you all heard it last night, uh, last night on Friday night when they're on, on the Channel 5 card, but before the main event with, McGre- with uh, Lee McGregor, the, uh, the announcer... But it took about five minutes to actually get through all the bloody speeches. Like, spent spent about 30 seconds on Steve Gray, this world-renowned referee, known all over the world. I'm, I'm sure if you... I'm sure if you asked a guy on the street who he was, they wouldn't have a fucking clue. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> Very interesting. And, and, and also, I, I on the point as well, I, I did also love uh, Steve speaking to road and with his best uh, his best Spanish possible. He's he, 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 he sounded like a laddie not on holiday asking for a beer. So, uh, belly of the week for that as well. Uno mas cerveza, por favor. There you are. Bit of Spanish for Matty Di Gelonardo. Impressive. Imperfect tourist. Yeah. Brutalmente. Brutalmente. El gringo. Talking of Brutalmente. <laughs> I think it was Damo. Was responsible for this one. I can't remember the context, but I thought it was a bad bunch, aren't they? I don't think that one was Ryan Deal. (laughs) (laughs) Oh dear. Uh, Danny Young and Liam Wynn and a few others threw this in. Just leave him alone to comment at the golf. If you haven't uh, knocked a few holes in there, Matty, you can't have an opinion. It's the bomber, lesser spotted, dragged down for an opinion at the golf. Yep, uh, just leave him alone. He's just trying to enjoy a, another uh, open championship where an American comes onto your shores and kicks your ass, and you ruin that for him. I hope you're happy. Yep, shame for old Bell, <laughs> Also, shout out to Willie Harvey, old lump lump, 296 what's it, what's pounds. What's it, Rocky Lockridge, man, there? <laughs> <laughs> he was on the streets. <laughs> he did his best. He got stopped in the end. And uh, the final one I have is from uh, Cali Sauerland. Uh, he's come up with some interesting new ideas, innovative ideas for, box, uh, for boxing in the future. Maybe Ames will be a fan of this one. But I do think there's a lot of formats that you're going to see from this into, in traditional boxing. In what way? I think... I think tag team. They are Ames, tag team boxing. Nah, <laughs> I knew I'd get dragged into this somehow. Uh, for any old shit or not, not for me, not for me. No, I, I, I saw that full interview, and I, I talk about interventions all the time for John Fisher. But let's like, oh, get hold of this fella seriously. What <laughs> is he coming out with? He wanted, he thought that uh, that he'd like to see the tag team boxing come over four to six rounds. He spent that, that video interview was about six minutes long, and four minutes and 30 seconds he was licking his teeth. Um, <laughs> now, I don't know what that suggests. I'm kind of naive in those circles, but it doesn't look good, bruv. It's not looking good, bruv. You know, if a guy is generally smiling that much, he's licking his teeth that much in, in such a short time, and he's... 
<laughs> he's <laughs> contemplating <laughs> the future of tag team professional boxing. There's some fucking six. In, <laughs> that's a six in the morning conversation. If I ever fucking heard it, you know what I mean. So I think there's fucking tag team defense in there, like. He certainly keeps that the 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 Nashers clean, unlike Shane McGowan anyway. So, <laughs> sick. Oh, seriously, it's a shame. Right, that's all the ones that I've had sent. Well, I got sent in loads this week. I had to cut. Them you scumbag, you maggots, you cheap lousy, sell anything, fucking, <laughs> fuck, for any old fight to the public for fuck's sake. <laughs> oh, class, class. <laughs> Andy, any from you, please, this week. Yeah, then when they catch uh, Tim Bradley trolling the uh, Kriegel on the ESPN. Ah, yes. <laughs> oh my God, it was Kriegel was raging, man. It was like zero chill, wee bit sensitive, man. He was getting all angry with himself. Did just couldn't handle the banter. I don't think uh, could Mister Kriegel. So uh, it might even do as a wee monologue over it and that as well. So doesn't do yeah, so many monologues these days. I don't think. Does it seem to cut him down? Oh, he's a sanctimonious prick, man. Anyways, we don't need you lost in that pitch anymore. <laughs> um, anyway, saying just uh, don't suck it up, just fight. Calling out Fulton. Oscar, did anybody catch Oscar uh, coming out? Yeah. This, uh, he's got a documentary coming out. Uh, this, this is going to this is gonna be must-watch yeah. TV. On HBO. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, is, is it Monday? Uh, for me, at least, I think. Oh, I'll get it on the download on Tuesday. Oh, I'll so get that too, yeah. Yep, so that'll be ideal. But he's saying here, says, De La Hoya admits to paying forensic to claim cross-dressing photos were fake, recounts paying off Russian mob. So, yeah, if that's uh, even half a detail of what we're going to be getting on this fucking show, um, it's going to be interesting, like, because there's uh, tons of shit we've been discussing about Oscar in that regard. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what we get there. Uh, Michael Montero, Apparently that that uh, did anybody see that picture I posted up for his his fight that he's got planned next week? Mm-hmm. I think it is. It's cancelled. Yeah. Oh. Nine hundred dollars for a VIP. Espinosa was kicking off, wasn't he? After backing tweet. Stephen <laughs> Espinosa's message in my tweet, man. He's fucking fuming. I'm like, dude, just posting the picture, are you? So, uh, Eddie and Sky using the same um, hotel room. Mm-hmm. Eddie wearing a hat indoors to cover the fact that he's gone bald. Didn't have time to do his hair, so. Quick to cover it up there, Eddie. Well, you know, just only Eddie actually as well. Is I see my uh, Matchroom's dropping a a two hundred page magazine next week. I believe it is. Um, so that's a dossier. That's, a, a dossier. If it was two hundred something pages, you could have called it a fucking dossier. <laughs> yeah. So there's something pages shy about. It, so maybe they've dropped they lost some evidence here. So maybe they're only issuing two hundred pages coming out shortly. Yes, that's a magazine they're bringing out, Matty. Also, Boxing Social sent out this this fucking tweety Nigel Ben. Sorry, Conor Ben punched in the heavy bag uh, under the tagline, relentless work ethic, unmatched. It's like literally a 10-second clip of fucking Conor Ben hitting the fucking heavy bag for like 10 of those seconds. Unrivaled fucking work. Jesus Christ. And uh, Stanley Onis is basically digging the knife into Golden Boy, saying he was mistreated, telling fighters not to sign for him. And not to do business with Golden Boy ever again. Yeah, they wouldn't even pay happy. for his ticket back to Latvia. Aye. And then he said, okay, pay for me back to wherever Los Angeles or whatever. And they said, no, it's not in the budget. Fuck it. <laughs> okay, so they been, had to have through. lost their ass on that show, though. I, I know. Mean, but he, he was the victim, Stanionis. Like, my God. Oh, I feel bad. Yeah, that's terrible. But fuck, they had to lose so much money that that event. Good God. All right, so that's that, mate. Super job. Thank you very much, Andy. Any from you, Matty? Yeah, my God, uh, you got to give it to Judge Joseph Mason for that one seventeen one eleven card. Absolutely fucking sub- absurd. You wonder what he was watching last night. Um, obviously, wasn't watching Maxi Hughes box. 
Shout out to him. Ames, any nominations from you, please? Yeah, echoing what um, Matty is saying about the, the judges and the Cambosis Hughes fight. Also, this this kind of the social media influence scene, like I know like press conferences stuff, they flirt the line of things you can say and you can do and kind of stuff is permitted when in usual kind of social circumstances it's not permitted. But in this last iteration of the Mitzvitz boxing event, you had one competitor throwing hot dogs at another competitor who was of a religious faith where maybe that's not the best decision to be throwing. Yeah, that was fucking outrageous. Yeah, I yeah. thought that was ridiculous. They did it, the zone did the right thing to pull that fight or that fight from the, the card, but I think that at that point that went too far the line. So maybe it's not race to the bit. bottom, Ames, whenever you're in shock yeah. content scene. That 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 was that was certainly very poor. So maybe it's not quite a belly of the week thing, but, but still like that was a really poor that was. Uh, Joe, any from you, please? No, uh, just echo Andy's on Eddie and Sky. I think that's that's amateur stuff. I think that's going in the wrong direction. Probably uh, something we'll catch up with. Mr. Hill's on that soon enough. Uh, I think someone in the chat was saying that if Sky also fancies the, the eye of an, a younger boxer, there might be a difficult position that Eddie would be in when he's competing with one of his boxers for the, the attention of young Sky. So, well, if, if Sky fancies a younger boxer, it's only natural to... You know what I mean? To so get fed up with the old. What are we talking about here? It's happening. It's <laughs> happening. <laughs> the only boxing on Sky at the moment, isn't it? Hey. Like great, man. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, thank you, Joe. Uh, Matt uh, Butters, any from you? Uh, no, from me tonight, lads. Thank you. Nothing from Matt. Nothing from us. All right, Ozzy. Uh, <laughs> 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 No, it was Cali for me, like just before you play that clip. I had watched the whole thing. I don't, I fucking was falling asleep. I always kind of fall asleep, like watching boxing videos and sad old, but I was falling asleep in the background. I was like, am I DMT tripping here or what the fuck is going on? Like, and I had to wake back up and listen to Cali's rant about the future of tag team boxing as a. As Ames was putting him under, that must have been a tough one for Ames. Let's not forget. I don't want to put you on the, on the spot. Obviously, that's your fucking. You know what I mean. That wasn't me. Butter, it wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't me. AFL. No, it wasn't Ames. Oh, sorry. Oh, sorry. Okay, I can't tell the difference. Between Trying to say all these so. interviews are the same, but yeah, they're all the fucking same to me. <laughs> 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 no, but the Cali one was a tough watch, dude. That was a, that was a hard one. Like, and then there was something else. Oh, fucking um, Owen, one professional boxer, Conor McGregor, got into a uh, to scrapping Birkenhead at a funeral, didn't he? And um. In typical McGregor fashion, got on Twitter to leave a voice na- a voice note impersonating the viral clip that was showing him leaving the venue, and he was just in on the voice note going, "Mate, mate, scouses on the collie." <laughs> and McGregor's he, run back and head. Yeah, yeah. Well, he was in the box for about half an hour. Was women as well. Yeah, that's, <laughs> he's fine for it. Let's just say. Uh, and I saw a brilliant meme going around. What a class! Class like, um, out Getting get the box for a quickie, man. Eh? Yeah, fucking get him where you fit in. He's fucking two hundred million and just go around doing it in bed. You gotta fucking broaden your horizons. Um, he's do you see the do you see the 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 clip of him behind his own bar and he's like shadow boxing and someone memed it and they were like, uh, "Can we make come back to the gaff? He's harmless." And then it's like the mate and he's just like fucking shadow boxing behind the bar. Like, <laughs> cool. Um, so yeah, not uh, quite quite enough week. Like, but uh, yeah, tiny for me. Wouldn't it be amazing if like fucked his hands on like one of the pumps or whatever that he was from behind the balls <laughs> <laughs> for fuck's sake right all the boys nominations there have been thrown in let's have a quick recap and then we'll go over who's picking who we had Floyd there getting dressed in the dark again we had Tiafimo Lopez distancing himself from his old man we had Donny being distanced from the rest of the family 
We had Bo Mack, just for being Bo Mack. And then here he is with the boys. There's Fat Dan and Big Boss John. We had Eddie, don't call it a midlife crisis. Accused of not paying somebody. It might be this kind of a midlife crisis if he's not careful. But we had the growth going in on the girl exposing herself. We had Audley Harrison visualising what would have happened if he'd have fought uh, Deontay Wilder and the other lads. Josh Kelly against Tim Zhu. We had Isak Lowe. We had Josh Taylor. We had the Manny Pacquiao spectacle and the belt. We had John Fisher again. We had Keyshawn going to the ring. We had Matt Butters nominating world-renowned referee Steve Gray. We had the Gad. We had Tony Ballou. And then we had, right at the end, Callie Sauerland rather than Callie Maloney. And we had Nathan Clever over the church. Get yourself down to the church for a talk on sex this weekend. Quite the nominations there, Andy. Who are you going for? What? Hold on, I missed that one. <laughs> What's that? Nathan Cleverly's giving sex talks in the church. Oh, do you want to listen to it, Rob? <laughs> well, it might bring me back to the church, you know what I mean? I was just Here thinking... we are then. Let, let, let's find out. Hey guys, it's Kasha and Nathan here. We are in Victory Church today when everything good is happening. Um, we have the Sacred Sexual Sacred, you say, I think, Sexuality Conference. We're talking about the most important topic, which is sex. We're talking about our kids in school, about the education, about the gender and the sex. We're talking about the truth. It's been really good. We have deliverance. Um, you want to say anything, Bob? Invite you. Very good, very good course. Sacred sexuality conference. Uh, very good. Just lining everything up with the Bible, you know. What the Bible says about sexuality. Sex and marriage, and, and without the marriage. And defining it in a biblical way. It's, it's very good, very interesting. Holy. I'm here, guys, every day for the next three days, till Saturday, next two days. 10 o'clock in the morning, there is breaks, it's going through all day, and then the last... <laughs> yeah, She's pushing he for that ring, yeah. Yeah, he definitely believes in all those convictions, and he's not just there, because he's got dragged along there. It's holy, he said so, <laughs> fucking... <laughs> Sexuality asylum, coming soon. <laughs> Never know Tackling all the hot topics. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck me, it's all he's uh, brilliant. Well, that's enough for me. Sign me up. <laughs> Bye, Sandy. Who are you going for this week? I was going to go for Eddie, mate, because there was multiple offences crime in there. But Ooh. I think, uh, <laughs> no, I don't know. We've already destroyed him the night already, mate. So <laughs> I'm going to go for. I'm going to go for Oscar because I think that's, this is going to be impressive this uh, documentary is going to come out with. Yep, looking forward to that one, Matty. Who are you going for? Uh, Keyshawn in the gimp suit. Oh, Keyshawn in the gimp suit. It was all going so well for him. Who are you going for, Ames? In what area of the metaverse is Audley Harrison visualising winning <laughs> winning and being Usyk and you know, completing his visualisations against these fighters, with Usyk being the easiest to figure out of the Jesus. Uh, with that said, uh, uh, it's got to be Donny. With <laughs> with what ah! area of the metaverse has Donny come up with that suit and uh, fitted right into where whatever uh, celebration he's at? So yeah, for me, it's a uh, it's uh, Donny. I want to be an Easter egg. No, no, man. He looks like he's a chief executive at the Dulux Warehouse, isn't he? <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, Donny, get in the the nomination there. What about you, Joe? Yeah, I'll second uh, the Donny nomination. He looks like uh, the like in the mask, but he doesn't have the mask anymore. He's got the green suit on. Oh, but he's just yeah, uh, just looking suit on him. Like. I wonder if he's Daz Golovkin money paid for that suit. 
Andy was trying to get him on next week. He's going to the fight. You can collect the money. You can collect the money to buy that suit in a cup on the corner on a Saturday. <laughs> looks, it looks like someone gave him that tie for a present at Christmas, and he forgot to unwrap it before he put it on. <laughs> Sounds good. That's good. Okay, thank you, Joe. That's two for Donald then. Matt, are you going for? Yeah, I'm going to have to give a third for Donnie as well. Because, <laughs> well, look at that fucking suit. How, I, I don't understand how a man can dress himself in the morning with a green suit jacket, pink trousers, and I don't even know what the fuck that tie is. And go, yep, <laughs> that's me sorted for today. <laughs> uh, fucking yeah, killer. <laughs> First, I've seen dress up like fucking Derek Trotter, and that was a fictional character. <laughs> Someone better make sure Elton John is okay. He looks, he looks like he stole Bishop Magic Don Juan's outfit, Donnie, but he just forgot to put the hat on him. <laughs> Pippin ain't easy, Donnie, but it's not his fun, baby. <laughs> oh, dear. Trilogy for Donnie, then, Matt. Definitely, absolutely, absolutely. I think one of the greatest trilogies of our time. <laughs> I tell you what, though, that tie, I just seen a great comment there, bacteria tie. This looks like a, bit of a petri dish type tie. <laughs> <laughs> Someone else said he looked like a human wambar. <laughs> it certainly looks like, like you'd catch some if you got near him. Oh, do you know what? He's rocking it though. I give it to him. He's rocking it. He's better than some fucking. Don't give a fuck. You can wear whatever you want. It's, really. it's like it's like Billy Conley says, mate. He says it's like these big fat guys who get up in the morning to get dressed and look at someday uh, at some point in their life they look at themselves in the mirror and they go, "Yeah, fucking killer, mate. Let's fucking go. Let's hunt the lassies then. Oh, you fucking they bother me. Can I get dressed like that?" Matty, what are you going to do if, if next week Donnie comes out in that suit? <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point, if he know. comes out in that suit, that's going to be fucking <laughs> a different conversation. <laughs> in, bo- in both means of the word. <laughs> Matty, I hope you may need a, a key for the bathroom door when you sleep in the bath. <laughs> I was going to say, you, you might have to lock him in the hotel. Just go by, just take his ticket, lock, lock him in there. I'll just become nocturnal and swim in the pool at night and sleep during the day. Hide his clothes, Matty. It's like the old Ozzy Osbourne story in it when he was a raging alcoholic and they hid all his clothes, stopping from going outside. And he puts on one of Sharon's dresses and high heels, wandering down the road with a bottle of vodka in his hand. This is walking out of road. This is an absolute disgrace. Stick all his clothes in the bath. Fill the water, including his pants, so he can, he's got nothing to wear, really. Eh? Just fucking leave him. Donnie won't go to the fight unless we get him a thousand brown M&Ms. <laughs> Chokri says, Wellings, is he and John Lewis actually gay? Where the fuck are the boys supposed to know that? <laughs> How would you know, Steve? What a random question. <laughs> Orlando well, Cruz might know. <laughs> Bullying asylum. Eh, oh, oh, is that not the real Chokri? Oh, well. Not to worry. Uh, so, anyway, Rob, who are you going for? What? It's not the real Chuck Wu, apparently. It's a fake Chuck Wu. Where, no, where are we? Fuck Wu. Uh, um, Rob's picking his nomination for Belly of the Week. <laughs> I'm going to go for Oscar for telling with a dead straight face on The Breakfast Club that uh, somebody whispered in his ear, tonight's tonight, you're going to get it. And that's why he had to leave the fucking Ryan Garcia fight. <laughs> fucking liar, man. That didn't happen. Asshole. Oh, I right, know. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. so Oscar for that one. 
That's two for Oscar then. Oh, um, I was going to go for Cleverly, but looks like the, the, the clever one here is Donny in his suit. Congratulations. Hopefully we'll be able to drag him out. Get him on the call next week, Matty, to explain this. So, so Steve, I might, I have an early flight, and unless something changes, I might be actually be here for the podcast. I think you're probably going to have to take hosting duties, yeah, but funny. I might be back home for it. Uh, so uh, we might be reporting from both sides there. Lovely stuff. Thank you very much. That sounded uh, weird. Yeah, no, no, we're all friends here. Look, you can, you can speak reporting. To <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, congratulations to Donny for winning the Belly of the Week episode five, three, two. Just before we get Rob's picks, in case I forget, shout out to the Super Chatters. Johnny threw in 79p. So did Chris One Shot Lovejoy. We got a couple of pairs from Alan Stacey. Uh, David Palmer threw in 499 Thank you to him. We had Ryan Deal throwing in 10 New Zealand dollars. We had John Moore Hall again throwing in 12 euro. And shout out to Declan Graffin, a.k.a. Declan Graffin. 1999, Bud going to smoke them all. He can have the final word on that. Well, apart from... When Rob Kelly jumps in, maybe you'll endorse that, or maybe you won't. Rob Spence versus Crawford. Declan's had his say. Do you concur? I do concur. I do concur. And I'll keep it short because I know we're on value of the week. But um, I've been looking forward to this fight forever. Um, part of me used to think at the time when Bud first moved up to 47 that he was too small for Spence because I always felt like Spence is a 54-pounder campaign in a 47. Um, but just to keep it short and sweet, I think Earl Spence is a great fighter, but I think Bud Crawford is a special fighter, and that'll be the difference on the night. I think it's not going to be a chess match. I think too, neither of them can afford, can afford to let the fight turn into a chess match where they let too many rounds slip and the other one get momentum. So I think they're going to meet in the middle. But I just think Crawford has too much, and I think you have to go back a long way to see a chink in Crawford's armour. I think you can make an argument that the Kavalowskis night might have might have had a knockdown called but before that you got to go back to gamboa and i don't think you have to go back as recently as that to see crawford or see spence in trouble he was in trouble against ugas porter gave him a, a hell of a time i know he probably wasn't training for any of those ones he was living the life or whatever but i just think with the inactivity the car crash all that i just think small margins at the top level. I think Crawford's just going to find a way to win. I think he's going to look really, really convincing in Southpaw, and I'm actually backing him to get the stoppage. So I think I'm going to go for Crawford um, to stop him in the last third of the fight, believe it or not. Crawford stoppage in the last third of the fight. Also, Rob, give us your opinion quickly on Fulton against I Knew Ye over on Tuesday morning. Yeah, I kind of wish all the fucking, if they were going to do something about the gloves, that they said it either when the fight was made or bring it up when they're wrapping his hands, I think before that, it's just fucking, it, for, because the fight will happen and the result will happen and then the fans will forever argue the result and have conspiracy theories, which were, no matter which way it goes now from now. So I kind of wish that hadn't happened. I wish they had to handle that differently. However, if they have genuine concerns, there's 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 um, outlets for them to, to voice those concerns. To, I think Fulton is quite big. Um, so anyways, going up, we're going to have to see does the power carry up four weight divisions. Anyways, so far in his career, has been flawless. Hard to see a way to beat him, but he is going up in weight, and Fulton is very, very good as well. So I actually think this might, this one actually might be the chess match that at some stage will catch fire. Um, but I think ultimately, anyway, by around two rounds in a close fight, about 115, 113. 
brilliant stuff. Thanks very much for happy Will Kelly there giving his predictions. We are going to cut the Spence Crawford and in UA Fulton predictions for a separate podcast. So you can have your say on those as well if you want. If you want to jump on the call on Saturday evening beforehand, it's going to be a nutter's call. Uh, Danny Young is going Ooh. to host. Absolutely. You're free to join if you want. The boys will be here as well. Patreon.com forward slash Boxing Asylum. If you're not already there, jump in and you'll be able to get the StreamYard link. Thanks to Michael Thompson, who came on earlier. Thanks to Danny Young as well and Ozzy Smith calling in from Portugal. We've had Rob Kelly on. We've had Matt Butters. We've had Joe Kennedy. We've had Tay Games. We've had Matty DiGiallonardo. We've had Andy Patterson. I've been your host, Steve Wellings. Don't forget to hit the like and subscribe button on your way out. It's nearly 11 o'clock. Three hours of absolutely free entertainment coming your way. Same time, same place. Next week, we'll be here. God willing. Bye-bye, everybody. Right up. Sports Social Podcast Network.